Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? 77 WABC. So let's now talk about what Chuck Grassley, the senator from Iowa, did. He released a redacted FBI informant document related to Hunter Biden's business dealings that some Republicans claim could implicate President Biden. The long-fabled 1023 form that Grassley has long pointed to as a potential smoking gun implicating then-Vice President Joe Biden in the dealings with Burisma and his son Hunter. Republicans are going to point to this continuously as a clear sign of wrongdoing or potential wrongdoing. In my entire life, and why I'm under oath, in my entire life, I have never uttered a phrase that was either racist or anti-Semitic. It's a question many are asking, especially the day after Mayor Adams announced single adult migrants will have to leave city shelters after 60 days. Tents line the street under the BQE. This small makeshift encampment is home to about a dozen male asylum seekers who say they have nowhere else to go. The Gilgo Beach murder investigation has now spread to at least four states, including New Jersey. Police are looking into whether one or more of the three murders Rex Herman is charged with may have taken place inside the Long Island home he shared with his wife and children. Suffolk County officials have executed several search warrants, including in South Carolina and Las Vegas. And Long Island investigators are actively working with Atlantic City police to determine if Herman is involved in a string of unsolved killings of young women. The day practically every Washington Commanders fan has been hoping for finally arrived. NFL owners unanimously approved the sale of the team from Dan Snyder to Josh Harris. The vote came during a special session in Minneapolis, and the price tag is just over $6 billion. This ends the tenure of one of the most vilified owners in all of professional sports. The league also released the findings of their investigation into Snyder's business practices, which resulted in a $60 million fine. Snyder will pay the league on his way out. All he said is you can't jack an old lady, spit on a cop, or slug a stranger where he's from. Doesn't fly. They're not going to let riots, looting, and violence slide in their hometown. It's a song about values that are in every small town in America.
voice was crying out. Yeah. Say you save me. Say it the wrong way. That's the way it should be. Say you save me. Say it together. I think uh, you were shocked, Lewis, this morning. <laughs> How much I knew about this movie, this song, Say You, Say Me, which you're listening to right now. The vocals, of course, Lionel Richie. What you may not know is that also on this song is Jason Aldean. And if you listen to that great open that Justin Ellick put together this morning and every morning, we ended with my friend Jesse Waters talking about that controversial song. But this song, Say You, Say Me, was actually used in the movie White Nights, which, believe it or not, was all the way back in 1985, 38 years ago. 38. And I remember it like it was yesterday. Fact, I was dating Ava. Not my daughter, same name, but... uh, But... um, all the way back when I was at Brooklyn College. And the movie starred Mikhail Baryshnikov, who went on to have a pretty good role in Sex in the City as one of Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker's lovers. It was Baryshnikov and the tap-dancing star Gregory Hines. And this song, Say You, Say Me, was in the movie, as well as another song I really like, Separate Lives, by the great Phil Collins, and, uh, Lou, you were surprised I knew all that this morning, not weren't really. you? No, not really. Not really? No. No? Because there'll be a category on Jeopardy one day, uh, nebulous 80s movies. <laughs> yeah. And you'll run the category. I That's... always gave the credit to my dear friend, Ian Eagle. Sports play-by-play extraordinaire. Graduate, uh, what is that school up in Syracuse that all the big media guys go to? Marv Albert. Mike Tirico, Bob Costas, Craig Carton, all those guys. Is it Newhouse or? Yeah, Newhouse, Justin. Just there you know. go, Newhouse. Yeah. So um, Eagle went to Newhouse. He's the voice for many, many years of the Brooklyn Nets. He was the voice of the New Jersey Nets when Jason Kidd went to back-to-back NBA Finals against the Spurs and the Lakers. But he's also the number two team right behind Jim Nance, I believe, and Tony Romo for the National Football League on CBS. He's also the number two or three team for college basketball on CBS. He's done tennis. And now his son, who's a great kid, Noah, Noah Eagle, also out of Syracuse. He's a big-time play-by-play announcer. And I said for years, for years, the king of useless information is Ian Eagle. But as I'm getting older, and if God is good to me, I'll be 57 this April. I think I challenge Ian right now. No, it's close. It's cl- very close. Right? Yeah, very close. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm looking through soundtracks. And I went, oh, damn, there's that song. Yeah. That's right. Say you, say me. Well, the Jason Aldean thing is still a big deal. I must tell you that after every show, after every show, my Instagram, at Rosenberg.Sydney, my Facebook, Sid Rosenberg. I'm not checked my Twitter in months, at Sid Rosenberg, but they uh, they all blew up yesterday. And folks love the show. They love the fact that we kept playing Jason's song, and we defended the song and the video. I know 
It takes place at a controversial courthouse where there was a lynching. I get that. But at no point during that song does Aldean, during the video, I should say, does he uh, say that's okay. He was just showing visions of violence, specifically what happened back in the summer of 2020 with all the riots. BLM and Antifa, all those nights that Democrats and liberals, like those wenches on The View, say nothing bad about. And what did I say a hundred times yesterday that everyone was saying on TV last night? I think I was the first to say it. I don't see Whoopi Goldberg. I don't see Joy Behar. I don't see Sonny Hostin jumping up and down when black guys use the N-word in all their songs. I don't see them jumping up and down when Snoop Doggy Dog, that low-life piece of garbage, encourages people to shoot cops like he did just a couple of years ago. All those songs for years and decades wrapped up, not every not every star, I get it, not everyone, but enough big names wrapped up in sex and violence and drugs. We had these conversations all the way back when a guy you may have heard of, guy responsible for this show, because you wouldn't have a Sid Rosenberg and a Lou Ruffino if not for Don Imus. And when Imus made those stupid, offensive, racist comments about Rutgers, and I've been there too, I made stupid offensive, racist comments about Serena and Venus Williams. I was fired. I was very remorseful. Wrote in both of my books, I'm sorry about that. And had to apologize, mind you, to Richard, Serena, and Venus. So I'm no angel. But for me, it was a feeble attempt at humor. For Imus, the same thing. And when he made those comments, and he had to basically suck on that loser Al Sharpton's toes, that racist, which he did, Imus, in fact, he did so much of it, it got, anno- it got nauseating. Hiring two African-American people for the show and trying to sell it like they were funny. Two very good people, Corinth Boster and Tony Powell, but I just wanted no part of those people. No part of them. He did it to pander. But I remember the conversations that were going on back then. Talked about, well, wait a second. You're killing Imus over Rutgers. What about the music? What about the culture? And I said it again yesterday. Why is it okay for hip-hop artists and rap artists to do that, whether it's 1, 10, 15, or 100? And Jason Aldean writes a song and shoots a video, which really just shows history and says, no, we're going to stand up against this, and he's getting murdered. Where was the view, these animals, these wenches? Where were they when these other people were writing songs about Sex and violence, they were nowhere. They are the most despicable people in the history of media. I wrote it in my last book about Joy Behar. I say it again this morning. They are a joke. They're disgusting. Whoopi, Joy, Sonny, all of them. So here they are yesterday, courtesy and Barbara Walters. She should be rolling over in her grave. I know she's not because it's not as if... Barbara wasn't alive when these wenches were saying all this nasty stuff. She was. She let it go because, I don't know, maybe two million housewives, which ain't a heck of a lot. Watch these morons every day. So here's the view yesterday slamming Jason Aldean, saying the song is, you ready for this? 
Same word Hillary Clinton uses, deplorable. Cut number one. There's a lot wrong here with this. Shut up. This is a man who saw what happens when someone is out of control right. with their guns. Yeah. He's he someone who was, he was, he was out in Vegas, in Vegas, and he was he saw people get... So I don't understand how he could be that disconnected, how people around him <laughs> yeah, didn't say to him, hey, listen, you know what? Maybe there's a better way to do this because... Sure. Well, the imagery you, invoked I, race. That's uh, yeah. what was... There's it, no it, reason it, it to separate race. big city people from small town no. people. That, to me, is the divisive part of this song. Oh, I really? Mean, it's a deplorable song, and it's Annoying. Deplorable song because it, the divisive part of the song, that's Joy Behar, the biggest moron on television. The divisive part of the song is it separates big city people from small town people. No kidding, moron. The name of the song, Joy, is Try This in a Small Town. You dumb wench. You idiot. Yes, it's called Try This in a Small Town. He was making the point. But you just talked about, dummy, that you can't do that in small towns in America. The nonsense that you guys are okay with, especially if it's a black person doing it, won't happen in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Won't happen in Clarksville, Tennessee. Won't happen maybe in Abilene, Texas. That's exactly his point, Joy, you dumb idiot. <laughs> Jason Whitlock was on television last night, too. Jason, at this point, has become the most famous African-American conservative figure, I think, in the country. My relationship with Jason dates back 23 years when me and Scott Kaplan had a syndicated radio sports show syndicated by two different networks between 1999 and 2000, one being Sports Fan Radio Network, the other Joel Hollander and Westwood One. And one of our most successful markets was Kansas City. And in Kansas City on that radio station, Scott and I, coming out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, did the afternoon show. But the midday show was hosted by an up-and-coming writer who wrote local sports in Kansas City named Jason Whitlock. Now Whitlock is a star Tucker Carlson, Jesse Waters, black guy speaking up for Republicans. you got to love it. He talked about not just the song, but the video, which, of course, seems to be the more more controversial part. Jason Whitlock Lewis, cut number two. I don't have a problem with uh, Jason Aldean's song. That's not a controversial opinion. A lot of people, including Vivek Ramaswamy, are coming out and saying that uh, this song, Try That in a Small Town, is patriotic and it's non-controversial and I don't get it, blah, blah, blah. The song is controversial. The video is very controversial. And it takes, based on what I'm about to say, it takes a level of honesty, transparency, self-awareness, and courage That's me. to stand with and say, you know what, I don't have a problem with Jason Aldean's video or song or the location of where he shot the video, because that is at the heart of this controversy. It's not the lyrics. All right, uh, he's right about that. Again, the courthouse, there was a lynching there, and it did show what happened on the streets back in 2020, as I always say, the real insurrection, January 6th which my friend President Donald Trump is about to be indicted for any minute now, was not an insurrection. I had to correct Geraldo Rivera on this show just last Friday, and he didn't argue with me. He didn't argue. 
You can call it embarrassing. You can use all those adjectives to describe it. It was not an insurrection. And the media continues to call it that. There was no weapons. Ashley Babbitt, white girl murdered by a black cop, that's it. Sorry, Stephen A. Smith, five cops didn't die that day. Not that the facts matter, I get it. You've have to. You've got a narrative you have to maintain. But five cops didn't die that day. Okay? There was no insurrection. But what happened on the streets of Seattle, Portland, Chicago, Atlanta, New York, during any given night during that riotous summer led by Democrats, George Soros folks, black people, BLM, Antifa, that was insurrection. And that's exactly what Jason Aldean's video shows. And people don't want to see it because they don't want to look at the truth. They want Donald Trump to be the face of insurrection because they don't understand what the word even means. As Donald Trump would say, stupid people. I love when he says that. Don't you know? So, one more on that, and I played this a bunch yesterday, but it's worth playing one more time today. This is my buddy Jesse Waters. I'm on his show once a month on Fox News. He has now replaced Tucker Carlson. He's the 8 p.m. slot. Jesse talking about old Dean and the song from two nights ago, once again, courtesy of Fox News, Lewis, cut number three. All he said is you can't jack an old lady, spit on a cop, or slug a stranger where he's from. Doesn't fly. They're not going to let riots, looting, and violence slide in their hometown. It's a song about values that are in every small town in America. A huge part of the country relates to that on every level. But it got yanked off the airwaves. Country Music TV caved and canceled the country song. Paramount, a giant company in a big city, decided you're not allowed to hear about small town values. You're too violent and racist. Did it offend their viewers? No. They listened to a handful of critics who'd never watched their channel instead of millions of customers. Michael Bloomberg funded the country music cancellation. Mike Bloomberg's group, Every Town for Gun Safety, peppered Paramount and CMT with tweets. That's all it took. And they're not done yet. They want to end Aldine's career. Now they're trying to get the Grand old Opry to cancel his shows. The fans aren't going to let that happen. They'll watch Aldine play in a parking lot if they have to. His song just hit number one on iTunes. I am responsible for about a million sales yesterday. So I know we reached out to Jason Aldean, I guess Sid did. And then Bill O'Reilly was on yesterday. I'm going to have to yell at Rudy Giuliani later on this morning for some tirade he did based on a caller. He's got to be smarter than that. I mean, come on. But O'Reilly was on yesterday and told us to reach out to Mike Bloomberg because, as you heard Jesse Waters say there, the former New York mayor, is funding this nonsense. What happened to him? What happens to people where they're actually good people and even decent politicians and they become total dickheads? You have an answer for me, Lewis? That his name kind of shocked me last night when I saw that. Mike Bloomberg? Yeah. Really? What, well, because he is a smart guy. I mean, uh, but he, 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 he's, he's such a phony backstabbing. Well, maybe I just remember him as the last okay mayor. No, you're, no actually, That's it. he That's... was the last good mayor. Yeah. First two terms, that third term, which he illegally put together for himself, he was a complete psycho. 
Don't drink soda. Don't wipe your baby's ass oh, yeah, in public. That, uh, I mean, the hell was that? Yeah, he went that. from Mayor Bloomberg to Emperor Bloomberg, dictator Bloomberg. But he's funding that woman who's trying to get Aldean canceled. Yes. And trying yes. to stop him from doing this concert coming up. That's I correct. Think. Yeah. And he's also involved with some other lady, Jennifer Harrison, Victims Rights, told me this yesterday, who's out there and um, doesn't care about uh, people getting shot on the streets. I mean, if you take a deep dive, I know we love those two words, thanks to Noam Layden uh, and Nancy Sliwa and a host of others. If you take a deep dive into Mike Bloomberg, you're going to find out this guy's involved with some of the most disgusting people in this country and and championing some of the worst causes. Mike Bloomberg. And congratulations to him. So it's a Friday morning. And we got a lot to do today. We got to cover the same old boring stories over and over again. I'm even bored with Rex Uerman at this point. Now, look, I got to give Curtis Sliwa credit again. I'm sorry. I'm giving him credit again. We started his segment yesterday, and he's on 710 every weekday morning with me. We started his segment yesterday by playing the song Atlantic City by Bruce Springsteen. And we started that because the night before, this is dating back now to Wednesday night, Curtis texted me and said, dead bodies in Atlantic City. Guess what? Rex is going to be part of the story. And once again, Curtis is right. And when you pick up the New York Post today or go online, what's the top story? The top story is what a scumbag, excuse me, what a scumbag that cop Burke is in Suffolk County. Arrested and beat up a guy because he had his sex toys and dildos and prostitution. So let me say it again. I love Peter King. I love him. I mean that sincerely. Above and beyond politics, I love Peter. I love Rosemary. I love Melissa. I love Aaron. I love Sean. But every day that I read more about this story, you can yell at Curtis, call Curtis all these names. For me, for Sid Rosenberg, growing anecdotal, I believe Curtis I believe there was corruption. I'm sorry, Pete and George V. I believe that the FBI was kept out for reasons that you don't want to talk about. This guy, Burke, was a lowlife, and he was in prison, him and the DA. Read the story in today's New York Post. Just read it, and you tell me that of all the things that Curtis has said the last couple of days seem so outrageous to you. It seems more outrageous to me that these guys are right, and the FBI was there from day one, and, and they really tried to crack the case. Bullshizzle. Go read the story about Burke in the New York Post today and tell me Curtis Lee was just causing trouble. He's not. I'm here to tell you he's not. So he'll be on coming up at 710, as he is every weekday, 740, Rudy Giuliani, 840, Judge Janine Pirro, 925, my friend from Gravesend, Peter Gordio, coming in with two-time Academy Award winner Nick Vallelonga, who made that great movie Green Book back in 2018, where he did win two Academy Awards. All that coming up on the Friday edition of Sid and Friends in the morning. We're going to kick some ass today, folks. Keep save it right here. Save me. Say it for always. That's the way it should be. Say you, say me, say it together, naturally, say it together, 
And a dear friend of mine, John Katzmatidis, always says is, we tell the truth here. And I think that a lot of folks at this station just kind of back down because Peter King got upset. I love Peter, but so what? Or George V got upset. I love George, but so what? Or a couple of cops in Suffolk County got pissed off. So what? If we're in search of the truth, then I'm not going to shut down Curtis because every, every day I read another story about the people involved in this. These are some really... Sick people. Sick. So it ain't over for me. If you want to call it over and, hey, congratulations, Ray Tierney, who deserves all the congratulations. He's a great guy, great DA, great job. Congratulations, Rodney Harrison. You know, guys, it could be both. Maybe Ray Tierney and Rodney Harrison did a great job, but maybe, just maybe, there's more to this story than, oh, it took 13 years with the same car parked outside the same house to get this creep. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. So if we're in search for the truth, folks, then search for it. Don't decide because some of your friends are upset that it's over. It ain't over for me. Let me start with that. So let me take you inside the, the newsroom of WFAN years ago. I would get there most mornings unless I faked a tire accident or I was, quite frankly, high from the night before, which was not often, maybe four times in five years But I would get there most mornings about 5 a.m. And I'd walk in, and there was a guy in the newsroom who who moved to uh, Phoenix, Arizona. But his name was Dave Bunzel. And Dave Bunzel and another guy named Eddie Scazzeri. Eddie Scazzeri, who now runs the board for Boomerang Geo every morning. He was my board up middays with Jody McDonald for a while. He would wear a Dan Marino Dolphin jersey because he loved Marino every Monday. But this kid, Bunzel, forget about Monday during football season, every day, all year long, every day, would wear a soccer jersey. I mean, a real psycho. He's green and seemed to have different ones. He had them all. He had them all. All these players, never heard of him. And when they had the World Cup, and we were working together back then, Lewis, this guy was First Avenue, Second Avenue, and there was a little girl, little girl, she was a lady, 
call a little because she was diminutive in terms of size, but she ran the marketing, the, the uh, merchandise. I loved her. And she was also like a – she came from WLIR. Right. You remember her black hair, really nice lady? Yeah. She I used know. to watch soccer with Bunzel at all these First Avenue bars. I forgot her name. She was into wrestling and soccer. Perfect for him. Yeah, I know. So I walk in this morning. Uh, what do you want to go with me <laughs> tonight? Yeah. So I walk in this morning, and I see our news director – who, again, this is just my opinion, is the best news guy in New York. The best. Especially now since Lee Harris went to News Nation. There's nobody better. And I'm talking about Noam Layden. And he's wearing, because most days he dresses nicely. I do. Button-down shirt, sport jacket. But today, like Bunzel, he's wearing some <laughs> nondescript, right. never heard of this person, <laughs> soccer jersey. Well, it's nondescript if you're not. If you don't follow, you know, soccer. But this is a Man City uh, jersey. Man Manchester City as in Manchester United. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no. Man City as Man City is is Manchester United's rival. One of oh, their rival. rivals. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Now, why do we care about that? You know, I didn't care. I have to be honest with you. I grew up, you know, football, baseball, that kind of thing. But my kids, they're all about, uh, you know, English soccer. They're, why is that? I don't know. And the other thing is they this is I started to wonder if they're my kids. They'll watch <laughs> Manchester United every Sunday because the I games are on, which by the way, now I'm super into. I, I did not think I would ever like soccer. Now I love it. But the other thing they get up sometimes in the middle of the night to watch is Formula One racing. And I'm like, oh really? God. Like what is Formula One? Soccer, <laughs> soccer and Formula yes. One racing? Yeah, so this t- tonight or it's tomorrow, I think. Manchester yeah. United plays Arsenal. At the um, at MetLife Stadium, yeah, you cannot. This is like trying to get into like the Super Bowl. No, you I know it's a big ticket. deal. It's a big yeah. deal. Yeah, it's eighty thousand retarded people, <laughs> like your kids. They are. Likely. They'll be yeah. there. I mean, your kids are watching soccer. You're going to the game, of course. It's Manchester oh my United. God, that's one of the biggest. Uh, no, team, I know it's you. Listen, I know teams it. in the world. They are I, the biggest. I got team. I yeah. got in such okay. fights a couple of years ago with Bernie and Jill. I, I mean. You know, you guys have no idea what really happened here for about six years and how many times I was right when it came to stories that deserve more coverage that those two would break my balls about all the time, all the time. And one of them was the World Cup. Craig Schwab was still the program director. Uh, that was the year that France won, and I lived two blocks away from Cafe de Soleil on the Upper West Side. We actually had uh, a father and a son from... Who was the uh, the country France beat that year? Croatia. I think come in with me and Bernie, and Bernie ended up loving it. Bernie ended up, you know, diving in headfirst. Just like we had to argue with them about the the importance of Kobe Bryant dying, you know. So we um we covered the uh, the World Cup that year, uh, even though they didn't want to. And every day we were getting emails and phone calls, and people were going wild here in New York City to Noam Layden's point. So later on tonight, our women who are much, much better soccer players and certainly much more decorated than the men, not even close, they are looking to three-peat, and that is a big deal. Now, look, unfortunately, the face of that soccer team is this Megan Rapinoe, and she is an America-hating, nasty lesbian. That's what she is. Can't stand her. And I'm not saying all lesbians are nasty. Trust me, most aren't. She is an America-hating, nasty lesbian. Megan Rapinoe. Am I wrong, Noam? 
Uh, <laughs> yes. See, he'll never say it. He's such a pussy. No. My God. Well, look at the shirt he's wearing. Yeah, I know, exactly. Bob <laughs> has a Rocco jersey at home, too. I do. Oh, yeah. Look at yeah. them. My boy! Yeah. My boy! But uh, Alex Morgan is the captain. I like her. She's a cute girl. So tonight we, we start our uh, attempt to three-peat against Vietnam. Yeah. Kind of an unbelievable matchup, USA versus Vietnam in soccer. But we started tonight, <laughs> and this is another big deal. Not just uh, Manchester United here tomorrow, as Noam has pointed out. Not just our women taking on Vietnam with a chance to three-peat in the, uh, the World Cup tournament. But later on tonight, in one of my favorite cities, where I lived for 16 years, well, north of there, but Miami. Inter-Miami plays soccer tonight, and who's making his debut? Some say the greatest soccer player ever. Better than Pele. Lionel Messi starts his Miami career later on tonight. And the guy that owns that team for five years, another great soccer player, David Beckham, signed Lionel Messi. And, of course, is very excited about Messi's debut tonight. This, Lewis, is David Beckham, the handsome one. Cut number 10. Our dream with this club was always to bring the greatest players in. Uh, as owners, I think, as owners of a sports team, I think you always want to bring the greatest players. Does it always happen? No. For us, it's happened. Did we ever think it would be possible? I, I suppose with us, you know, as uh, our morals, our values and our patience, um, we always felt that it was possible. Um, but when we started the conversations, obviously Leo, you know, was uh, was under contract uh, and playing for another team. Um, so again, we had to be patient. But I think at the end of the day, patience is what uh, we've we've needed through this whole process. You know, even when we started this this uh, this club, you know, we've been through ups and downs and pandemics and things that have happened. So there's always been obstacles, um, but we've always been up for the challenge. You know, the moment that Leo went on TV and announced in the way he should announce uh, that he was coming to Miami, that was an emotional moment. It was. So I called him Lionel like my old radio uh, buddy there. Well, I guess he's still in the business. I know his wife, Lynn Shaw, is doing a whole bunch of stuff with that movie Sound of Freedom. But it's not Lionel. Now, is it, Justin? No, it's Lionel. And is that why David Beckham called him Leo? Yeah, there you got All that right. All right, there you have it. So... Manchester United in New Jersey tomorrow. Our women playing soccer in Vietnam tonight. And Lionel, excuse me, I did it again. Lionel Messi makes his debut for David Beckham's Inter-Miami later on tonight as well. Traffic with Joe Nolan coming up next. Right now it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Everything you need to know in just under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and get the max out of mini. Listen anytime on the 77 WABC app. Today's minicast is from the Rita Cosby Show. And here Rita talks about my good buddy, Donald Trump. All of a sudden you go, wait a minute, bad news for the Biden family. Well, maybe we can distract and do another charge or do something to kind of ruffle things and steal the headlines and deflect. This makes us look stupid and it makes the country look bad. And it just is such a black eye to American justice that now you have the Justice Department, what really looks like they are weaponizing and going after the former president yet again. Enough, enough. This is Sid on Sports. Oh my goodness!
sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers. Mets, they're unable to complete the sweep of the visiting Chicago White Sox after yesterday's 6-2 loss in the series finale. They'll get a three-game set with the Red Sox underway at 7-10 p.m. A little interleague play. Kodai Senga gets the start tonight against Boston's Cutter Crawford. What a name. As for the Yankees, after an off day yesterday, they're back at home tonight against the Kansas City Royals in the first of three. Set for 7.05 p.m. First pitch. Clark Schmidt will get the start against Casey's Alec Marsh. And now to the NFL, where the Washington Commanders were the center of attention yesterday. Pretty much simultaneously here, the news of the league finding now former Commanders owner Dan Snyder. $60 million broke just as it was also being reported that the uh, NFL owners approved a $6.05 billion sale of the uh, Commanders to a group led by Josh Harris. Regarding the fine for Snyder, the punishment comes after an independent investigation concluded he sexually harassed a team employee and that the team withheld revenue from the NFL. Attorney Mary Jo White, who led the investigation, informed the league's owners of her findings during a special session yesterday. When it comes to the sale of the franchise, the $6.05 billion the Harris Group is paying is a record sum for a North American sports franchise. And uh, tonight, Team USA begins their World Cup title defense at 9 p.m. Eastern Time against Team Vietnam USA. Our ginormous favorites in this one entering with a line of a minus 30,000. And of course, as previously mentioned, your Joe Nolan's Jets opening up camp today. Here with sports, sponsored by Pete Morgan of Peelers Spoilers. Go to PeelersSpoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a deal in the youth of the world's best built spoilers. I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. You know I like my girls a little bit older. I just want to use your love tonight. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Racists on MSNBC are at it again. Al Sharpton. Any network, any media outlet that puts Al Sharpton on the air, and I don't care how many of you listen to me right now. I know Sean Hannity, white Republican, is friends with Al. Adal, I think, probably is, too. Who knows? He is such a racist, a lowlife. So Florida has new standards on how they teach their students about African-American history. And MSNBC is saying this morning that, oh, the the new standards is some black people benefited from slavery. Look, I don't know the specifics of the curriculum. I really don't. But you're going to believe Joe Scarborough or Mika or Al Sharpton 
or the other uh, idiot, uh, what's his name, uh, whose father was a big star. He does uh, Willie Geist. Yeah. These people are the reason why we've got race divide in this country. It ain't Trump. It's them. They've been spending 10 minutes on the air this morning yelling and screaming about what a racist Ron DeSantis is. This is Ron DeSantis is Florida, and oh my God, this could be, this could be America's Ron DeSantis. If there's a God and Trump doesn't win, then that'll be the case, hopefully. Let me explain, because maybe Joe, Mika, Sharpton don't have kids in New York. I've got two kids, my daughter Ava, 19, one year removed from the public school system here in New York City. And my son Gabriel, 14, knee-deep in New York City schools. And all they learn about, all they learn about is civil rights and slavery. That's it. My son has never been taught anything about the Holocaust, about World War II, about Pearl Harbor. Folks, September 11th, 22 years ago, it's never come up once in his history classes. But every day they learn about civil rights and slavery. So maybe somebody can tell me what Eugene Robinson and Al Sharpton, as they share the screen in this horrible America, maybe somebody can tell me exactly what these two racists are upset about. You got a white guy, Michael Eric Dyson, on MSNBC last night, who actually, actually talked about this new standard down in Florida, which does not erase slavery. You know what it reminds me of, guys and girls? Do you remember when Ron DeSantis did the Parental Act? That was a great act. The Parental Act. That was the name of the act. Great act. Okay? Me and Bernie talked about it. Even Tom Swazi turned out to be real profile and courage, agreed. It was a great act until his Democrat friends started yelling at him. Then he took it back. Pussy. But do you remember what the media called the Parental Act? Anybody? No gay. Deplorable. No gay. Don't say gay. Don't say gay. Right. The word gay was never mentioned once. Not once. But, oh, my God, Ron DeSantis in Florida, they don't want, they don't want drag queens and people teaching kids about sex whether it's homosexual or heterosexual, oh, my God, what a travesty. That was a heroic act passed by Ron DeSantis. And people like Joe, Mika, Al Sharpton, Willie Geist, those lion scumbags, they called it the don't say gay bill. So I don't believe anything they're saying right now about this new standard down in Florida about teaching kids about slavery. But I can tell you that a lot of schools... And a lot of our big Democrat-run cities spend way too much time on slavery. I'm going to say it. I'm going to. I'm sick of it. 400 years ago. Listen, folks. Barack Obama, black. You've got a vice president right now who can barely spell her own name. She's a moron. She gave a good BJ to the mayor of San Francisco, Willie Brown, and now she's the vice president. That's her only. That's the only thing she's ever done well in her life. Even Barack Obama said she's the best-looking DA in the country. She's going down to Florida today to lecture everybody on how Florida has become a racist state and we're not doing enough about slavery. Do you have that cut? Here's your VP, Kamala Harris. 
Just yesterday in the state of Florida, they decided middle school students will be taught that enslaved people benefited from slavery. Well, that's not all they're teaching them, liar. They insult us in an attempt to gaslight us, and we will not stand for it. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, what are you going to do about it, Kamala? Go down there and yell and scream like you're doing right there? But here's an even more dangerous guy, a white guy, who's been on the show with me and Bernie before, by the way. His name is Michael Eric Dyson. Once again, as I mentioned moments ago on MSNBC, he's talking about African-American history being akin to defending the Holocaust. That's what Florida is doing. Can't make it up. This is cut number eight. This would be like teaching the Holocaust, saying that there were some good things that Jewish brothers and sisters picked up in those death camps that, should they survive, would be um, helpful for them uh, to make their way in life. This is ludicrous. This was an institution of enslavement. Now they're saying we should teach both Rosa Parks and Thomas Jefferson. No problem there, except to say that Thomas Jefferson, while being a creative uh, interpreter of American history and a contributor as a founding father, was also enslaving human beings. Right. Rosa Parks was uh, Shut up. All right. so he, by the way, part- he's a black guy. He's not a white guy. So, uh, Michael Eric Dyson, black guy. Kamala Harris, black vice president, yelling and screaming. And actually making an analogy how this would be like saying there were some good things that happened in the Holocaust. What a dumb person. Just dumb. I got to tell you, that was a great 57 minutes. Olga Palminteri, I think that's her name, said that uh, Keith Smolin, our friend Keith Smolin, who runs the Sid and Friends website, the, the fan page, Put up a poll yesterday. This is based upon what my brother-in-law said a couple of days ago and others, that the 6 o'clock hour is his favorite on this show because usually there are no guests, and I just go on and on about the big stories of the day, and she just put up on that page. That's why I voted for the 6 o'clock hour once again. Amazing hour. But I think the next hour is going to be even better. That's my opinion. Curtis Sliwa, he going to be here. He was right about Atlantic City. He was right about Burke. He's been right more than he's been wrong. He's going to join us. And also next hour, the mayor himself, Rudy Giuliani. Hour number two of the Friday edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning with Outfield and your love once again on a Friday. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GoboLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. What you say? Just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Boy. Boy.
personality 708 hour two sitting friends in the morning on a friday morning you know who my guest is at this time he hosts noon to one every weekday gets big ratings overnight all weekend long gets big ratings and gets big ratings with me at this time every weekday morning it's curtis sliwa icon legend mr guardian angel so i'm reading the new york post online this morning and the top story very top story reads top cop who botched Gilgo Beach murder case was once jailed for beating Crook, who stole his sex toy. And who are they talking about? Toys. Plural. Well, it said toy, but there are toys. Yeah. So they're talking about James Burke. Now, I don't know James Burke. I know Peter King. And I'm going to say this again for the millionth time. I love Peter. I really love him. He's been a dear, dear friend for the better part of 20-plus years. But I think he's out of bounds here. I really do. He's got loyalties to certain people. And, again, this is not about being anti-cop. Peter King can never in a million years claim I'm anti-cop. There's nobody more pro-cop than me, including Peter. But, as we talked about on this show for days, there are bad cops. James Burke was a bad cop at the center of this investigation. And there were sex toys. You're right. Dildos. There's talk in this column about him frequenting a prostitute, yeah. which you talked about at that gated community, yeah. and the reason why they wanted the FBI not to get involved. Ray Tierney initially says to me, well, that's true. The FBI was not initially involved. And then Peter and George V. and others in Nassau and Suffolk County got pissed. John Katzmatidis apologized. Not sure why. They shut you down. But there's one show that will not let this die, and that's me. Because I don't know the truth. I don't. I listen to you. I listen to Peter. But when I weigh everything I've heard the last couple of weeks and read again another story today about Burke, it says to me that you are 1,000% closer to the truth than people defending Nassau and Suffolk counties. I don't know why. Again, it doesn't mean you're right. But any rational person with no horse in this race looking at all these stories and the evidence, has to come to the conclusion there is really something rotten in this case. And I may say that at the start of this week, I thought you would fold like a cheap camera, Sid. because Me? Yeah, you came on the air right away, 6 o'clock, out of the box. You know I listen intently because this is what you have to do, listen to all four hours. You said I cry like a baby every time I see officer and a gentleman with Richard Gere. I do. So I said to myself, oh, my God. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> there's Joe Nolan. You're, you're extolling him 43 years, you know, the dean of traffic. Meantime, our boss is calling up John. This traffic from exit 20 on in on the LA. <laughs> right. And here's Joe Nolan. Oh, no. There's no traffic out there. And then I'm saying to myself, that's right. 
Did he go on a darkness retreat? Did he follow Aaron Rodgers? Is he dropping acid? Is he going to be featured on Hard Knocks? I'm just a very sensitive guy, Curtis. No, I understand, but Joe Nolan, I think it's time to hang it up. You no, know? no, it's a Look, big he day for Joe. 13 and 4. Are you um, out of your mind? Listen, what we're going to find out, today is day one of Jets camp. We're going to find out sooner than later. Uh, Jets are now uh, about uh, less than three weeks away from the preseason opener, the Hall of Fame game against the Cleveland Browns. We're going to find out. But I was sensitive that day, but I've never, over the last couple of days, whether it's on the air or off the air, and I have a lot of conversations yes, about yes, this, yes. I've never wavered never. that I believe you That's more right. than the other people and, involved. And I appreciate uh, our member of the commission coming to my defense yesterday. Who knows more about cops? And Bo Deedle. And he said he was at a big golf tournament on Suffolk County talking to a bunch of cops, former and current, who said, you bet your ass there was a cover-up. Yep. So what's going on? One what's last going thing, on? One last thing to support you about Jason Aldean. You know, we talk about try that in a small town in America. You know how many black small towns there are in America? I've driven right across the country. You go into the Mississippi Bayou area, Louisiana, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, northern Florida. There are whole towns, small towns, where you have a black sheriff, you have a black police department, black mayor, the black churches, the epicenter. They all carry guns. They would never tolerate any of that. Never. He said, try that in small town America. But he didn't say try that in white towns. No. There was nothing racist. Other than playing the footage, which unfortunately had a lot of black people going crazy in the summer of 2020. Well, just think, our mayor gave Black Lives Matter $13 million for attacking the cops for throwing Molotov cocktails. I mean, does that make you, and, and I got to kill Adams. I mean, there's a couple of things I want to kill Adams about today. Yes, yes. Repercussions, one, stop that nonsense. A lot of us should get paid. And secondly, you're right. How do you pay $13 million to people who turn this city upside down? And How disgusting is that? And do Molotov off cocktails at police cars and police vans trying to kill them. And more than that, remember Broke Mike Joy. You've seen the video. I did. Black Lives Matter battling with me in the street. They picked up a city bike. They went kabong. They had claw hammers. Thank God we, the Guardian Angels, did not surrender, did not retreat. We took them all on. But on the matter of the uh, serial killing, you know, everyone getting upset in Long Island. Now we find out today that this monster at 1313 Mockingbird Place in uh, Matza Pizza Park, by the way, just one mile away from our own Brian Kilmeade, may have actually taken these victims into his basement and strangled them and killed them there. Right in his house. Now, you know, if I ask questions about the Nassau County Police Department, like, how did this guy get 300 guns? How did he get permits? How did nobody know what was going Oh, I'm suddenly anti-cop. If this turns out to be true, am I permitted to actually mention this, that he may have killed his victims in his own house? The one that Rodney Harrison said, oh, the wife had no idea what was going on. No idea. 300 guns and possibly four strangled victims that he did in his own house. Well, listen, I still believe that still could be true. I mean, uh, I've seen the wife the last couple of days. She filed for divorce on Wednesday. She looks shocked. So believe it or not, there are women you know, she's involved with the kids. She's running around. This guy made sure that they were away. They were in Florida, out of the country when he did these killings. So I know it sounds crazy, but I can still buy okay. that she had no All idea. Right. But, 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 to your point, the car was parked outside for 12 years, Curtis. <laughs> what are we talking about here? How could you possibly have the FBI, all these counties, the NYPD, some of these great criminal minds really working on this case? 
really working on this case, and it took 13 years? And as much as I have hammered Burke, and you see I'm verified in today's New York Post lead story, the guy I went after, and they haven't given any attention yet, was Burke's boss. Burke was only the police chief. He was number two. Number one was Richard Dormer. He's the former Suffolk County commissioner. He shut everything down. He said, no, 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 no serial killer. No, no, no. This is an exaggeration, aberration. I talked about how he went in that compound, how he had rough sex, how he wanted to drink bodily fluids from the prostitute. I've been specific. Everybody knows that. Why are they covering this up? Why? And by the way, the Atlantic City part. So I'm down in Atlantic City in 2006 because I get a call from people who knew one of the victims, Kimberly Raffle, who happened to have been from Canarsie originally, a mother, a waitress with children who was happily married, and then all of a sudden, you remember in that era, developed a crack problem. Yes. And then all of a sudden she's walking the streets of Atlantic City. She was the first victim of the four. All four of them were laid in a ditch behind the Golden Key Hotel which we visited the Guardian Angels. Let me tell you something. $15 a night, we kicked indoors. There were guys inside there that I would have hammered. I would have said, you all did this. I mean, the worst pervs in the world. But it turned out none of them. They were dumped in a drainage ditch behind that Golden Key Hotel on Black Horse Pike in Egg Harbor Township. That sounds very similar to what uh, happened in Gilgo Beach. Very similar. They were all pointing in the direction of where the moon surfaces, and they had their shoes and their socks removed. Now, want to bet that there's a good possibility when they took out that that cooler, remember they took the cooler out of the basement of this monster, that he might have some of those socks and shoes in there, the freak that he is? That's what they're hoping. They're looking for those souvenirs. I said on the radio, I said publicly, this is tied to the serial killings in Long Island. So I go out, conservative parties are having a dinner in Suffolk County led by Edward Walsh. I mentioned it to everybody there because some of the people worked in uh, corrections. Some of the people worked in public safety. Uh, no, 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 there's no connection whatsoever. In fact, this police commissioner, Richard Dormer, slammed the lid on it. No connection. Turned out Edward Walsh, the conservative party chairman, where did he end up? In jail. Another one. For corruption. Another one. Right. Making Suffolk County possibly as corrupt as Hudson County in New Jersey. (laughs) I mean, this is corruption central. Why would anybody defend any of these people? Well, I mean, you just get to the point where you start naming all these names and these really tawdry, sordid stories and guys that end up in prison. Now, look, I've got friends who went to prison. Yes. Dear friends, I love them. From a honor and morality standpoint, they're better people than you and me. But they went to prison. That's not Jimmy Burke. My friends who went to prison weren't walking around town with dildos. And let, let's specify, that's not Jimmy Burke from the Goodfellas. Uh, oh, okay. James Burke, right. Right, right, right. Well, that James... wasn't his real name. His real... Well, that was his name. Yes, yes. They called him Conway in the movie. That's right, right. Right, Robert but... De Niro's right, 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 right. By the way, I have mentioned the state senator, Phil Boyle, who blew the whistle on all this, wrote letters about it, did press conferences. He was a Republican conservative out there in the state legislature for 20 years as yeah. an assemblyman state senator. He blew the whistle. I'm just repeating everything that he has said publicly. I was talking to Frank Morano this morning. He also believes you like I do because he's good friends with McKay, Frank McKay. Frank McKay has been making this case, the same one you're making, although not nearly as detailed and as good, for a long time. 
and he has been cast aside as crazy. Well, after a while, when again, read some of this stuff, folks. Don't just believe your friends. It doesn't make you anti-cop if you're looking to weed out the bad guys. Bo Deedle sat here in front of me yesterday. I said, you know how many cops I know? Two story, two yes. Jewish guys yes. that actually used to bust guys, take their drugs and deal them. Yes. Used to bust prostitutes and bang them. Absolutely. That happens. That doesn't make you anti-cop. Right. In fact, if you really love the police, you want to weed those bad guys out. Now, That's not anti-cop. Now, let me ask permission. Uh, our man from New Jersey here, Noam Layden, uh, is it okay if I say that the Atlantic City Police Department and the elected officials in Atlantic City are corrupt and have had a history of corruption? Or will somebody come running in here and claim, what are you talking about? Everybody knows they're corrupt in Atlantic City. Well, let me ask Noam then. Noam, is it okay if Curtis makes that statement? There is a long history of Atlantic City mayors being taken to jail, so I think you could say that. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm on firm ground here. But I have uh, recruited Frank Morano. You know he spends half his life in Atlantic City shooting crabs at the Borgata. And I said, Frank, you remember when I was saying this on the radio back in 2006? I am recruiting you because you know that I was spot on with Kimberly Raffo, Molly Diltz, Tracy Ann Roberts, who they brought in from Delaware, right? That's, that's, that's transporting prostitutes across state lines. That's a violation of the Man Act. Well, wasn't Shannon Gilbert also brought in from Jersey? Yes, or Jersey no? City. She right. was the first one. Well, she's the most famous one because her story didn't end with her. She called 911. She thought somebody was going to kill her. They heard two voices, I guess. Yes. She ends up dead. And then later on, her mother, who was out there for years trying to find out what really happened, her mother got murdered by her sister. Yes. Who turns out was a paranoid schizophrenic. Yes. And then there's Barbara Brido, who worked at the Tropicana, came from a wealthy family. Now, what do they have in common? They're all white women. All of them became prostitutes. All of them developed serious drug problems. Right. I was on this 2006, 2007, when I was out in Suffolk County at Edward Walsh's conservative party dinner. By the way, he went to jail, too, guys. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mentioned this to everybody. No, Curtis, you know, that has nothing to do with us. That's Atlantic City. By the way, they said, they're all corrupt in Atlantic City. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm anti-cop. Uh, that's ridiculous. This is Please. so crazy. crazy. So clean so up do, your so, own so, mess. So do you think, because the other time share in Vegas, yes. they found a car in South Carolina. Yes. Are you pretty sure... That this guy, Yorman, this creep, is responsible for killing people in multiple states. Could be in the other states, but I know for sure Atlantic City, yes. So you know for sure New York and New Jersey. Right, because it's so similar. It's eerily similar. The same backgrounds, the same gals who are prostituting. Remember, this is another lesson. Nobody cares about prostitutes. They know they can take a prostitute off the street, kill them, strangle them, do the worst imaginable things. Sure. Drop them in a ditch. Right? They have families. There's Kimberly Raffo's family from Canarsie. Yeah. Every day sure. they mourn and they know of course. that this monster did it. Yep. So, guys, instead of defending your honor and going out there and saying Curtis is anti-cop, the guy who got his jaw broken by Black Lives Matter defending cops, why don't you clean up your mess, do due diligence, and solve the rest of these serial killings? It's been a great week for you on this show. Uh, you get my badge of courage award for doing what you're doing. Even if you're wrong, you may be wrong, but at least you're looking into it 
while others are just shutting the door. So gun to your head right now, and you are not afraid to die. You've proven that. That's for sure. Gun to your head right now. I don't want maybe, possibly, I want a definitive answer. Curtis Sliwa, was there a cover-up and maybe still the case in the Gilgo serial killings? 1,010%. It's been a cover-up since 2010. And start talking about Richard Dormer, the former Suffolk County Police Commissioner, who was James Burke's boss. He was in that compound, too. Go ahead, sue me. Go ahead, sue me. You want to defend this guy, this creep? What was the name of the compound one more time? Richard Dormer. No, what was the name of the compound? Oh, the compound there was Oak Beach. Oak Beach, okay. Oak Oak Beach Beach on Gilgo Beach. Oh. Where whatever happened in Oak Beach stayed in Oak Beach. Oh, my, including the bodies. All right, folks, there he is. That's why he gets monster ratings. And the good thing he does is he brings it up here, and then on his ripping weed comes up at noon. He gives you even more details on all these stories. So you have to listen noon to one every weekday and, of course, all weekend long coming up now, overnights with the man. Curtis Sliwa. That's a great job, Curtis. Thank you. A lot more to do. Friday edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning. We'll be right back. Entertaining and informative. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Little Tom Petty for you on this Friday morning. Told you yesterday, wish a couple of happy birthdays. My next door neighbors, I love these two. I really do. Billy and Jackie Felton, Billy a firefighter, their two-year-old son. Well, he turned two yesterday. Nico, short for Nicholas, Nicholas William. Got a nice little birthday party in the backyard by the pool last night. We live right next door. Me and my beautiful wife, Danielle, we went over. And a bunch of friends were there. Frankie, Louis Gampiero, Tommy, Mike, everybody. And it was a lovely, lovely party. So thank you to Billy and Jackie Felton. And once again, happy two-year-old birthday to Nico. During that Curtis conversation, my friend Laura Curran, who puts on a terrific show here on the weekends and has a great podcast, Cut to the Chase, she said, my first podcast, I interviewed Gus Garcia Roberts, who wrote a book about James Burke, Jimmy the King. She says, it's a very good read. And then I said, well, there was a cover-up, bottom line. She didn't answer. <laughs> Which, again, I don't know. I don't know if there was a cover-up. I just, I'm weighing all the evidence. And, you know, when Peter King and George V tell me guys who went to prison, you know, bad guys are good guys, and Curtis lays out what he knows, and I love all three of them, all three, Curtis seems to be much more believable. And everybody on my program, very anecdotal, but everybody on my program agrees, from Lou to Noam to Justin to everybody. We don't know the truth yet, but it's worth looking into. It really is. There are some really skeevy, sleazy players involved in this above and beyond Rex. 
who's the sleaziest of all. So, um, you know, I'm still urging people to go out and go to Amazon Prime and buy those nine episodes of Gravesend. I've said a couple times on the show it's ten bucks, but I guess every episode you have to pay. So when you total all nine episodes, it is $23. And if you're not going to buy it because you won't spend $23, I don't need you as a listener. I really don't. $23? You're going to spend more today for lunch at McDonald's to get 11 hours, 11 hours of terrific programming. Stop bitching. And if you want to bitch, go to Amazon. Go ahead. Hey, why am I paying a monthly rate and you're charging me more on top of it? Go bitch, but don't bitch to me. 23 bucks, really? So I still compel people to, to get it. And William DeMeo, the writer, creator, director, star of the series, now two seasons in, celebrated a birthday yesterday with Nico Felton and Natalie McKim. Uh, Nicole, I'm sorry, Nicole McKim. So happy birthday, William. In fact, Peter Gordio, one of the stars of that show, will be here with two-time Academy Award winner Nick Vallelongo coming up at 925. But um, DeMeo and Mario Cantone, they were on Rosanna Scotto's show last week. Good day, New York. Channel 5, I love Rosanna. Rosanna, baby, I love you. And they were talking about the cast, and it wasn't Willie, and it wasn't Mario. It was Rosanna who brought my name up. DeMeo, Cantone, Rosanna Scotto, Good Day New York, Lewis, cut number 12. By the way, great cast. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, yeah. Right? Amazing. Oh, let's talk about some of the people. Fran Am- Drescher. Fran Drescher. Armando Sante. Chaz Palminteri. Brilliant. He just keeps going. Leo Rossi. We had so many great I got to mention Sid yeah. Rosenberg from WABC Oh, Sid Radio. is the best. Yeah. He'll kill Sid himself Rosenberg. if I don't say anything. Sid <laughs> Rosenberg, I'm always on his show. I love Sid. Yeah, you go. He'll kill himself if I don't say it. And you know what Rosanna Scano did well there? John, Chad, know you're all listening? Sid Rosenberg from WABC Radio. She actually said that. And you know that as soon as she said that, two or three of the producers of Channel 5 simultaneously set themselves on fire. (laughs) You know that Rosanna loves me as much as any person in this city. Tells me, we talk all the time, all the time. She can't get me on that show. The guy who runs Channel 5, Lou Leone, is a friend of mine. Me and Bernard, God rest Bernie's soul, also loves me. Lou Leone, they can't get me on. Do you remember when they had Trump on CNN? And there are all these stories about how there were people who worked at their desks at CNN who were literally crying that they put Donald Trump on their network. That's how Channel 5 goes. doesn't matter whether Leone loves me, Rosanna Scotto loves me, Duca Stiglione used to love me, Tina Servacio loves me. It doesn't matter. They sit at their desk and they cry. Not this guy. No, not this guy. So I can't get on. I got a movie coming out. I got Gravesend. My second book came out. Number one show in New York. At this point, whether you want to hear it or not, I'm a legitimate star. And I'm a local kid from Brooklyn. It's a good story. Brooklyn kid making it big. I can't get on. And it's not Rosanna Scotto's fault. So as you heard right there, every opportunity she talks about me. You know, a couple of weeks ago, they did a big story about AM radios. And she said, hey. We still have AM radio in New York. We've got a great show at WABC, Sid Rosenberg. So thank you, Rosanna Scotto. All right, I know Rudy Giuliani 
is set to join us. I got to yell at Rudy. I love Rudy for years. In fact, not only do I love Rudy, but I respect him more than any other politician in this, in this uh, city, states, country's history. I love his family. He knows that. But you can't be yelling at a guy like O'Reilly because some dupus caller calls in and says something that wasn't even true. And Bill and I are good friends, so and so me and Rudy are good friends too. So I'm not going to get into the whole story, but don't ever take a caller's word for anything. These callers are losers. They're the nastiest, meanest, most envious losers ever. They call every show looking to start trouble. Just a word of advice. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. With this and what you already have, and Hunter's admission that 50% of the money went to his father, and the, and now you have a couple of the bank accounts. I mean, you, you could make the case tomorrow. This, the, you have the two major conspirators testifying against it, meaning... Zoshevsky and his son. His son has already said that his father got 50% of his income. So you, you put all that together, plus the bank records they have, you have a RICO case. Somebody on a sidewalk, carjacking old lady at a red light, pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store. You think it's cool, act the fool if you like. Cause out a cop, spit in his face, stomp on the flag and light it up. Yeah, you think it's tough. Well, try that in a small town. That's right. Try that in a small town. See how far you make it then. With Rudy Giuliani on with Katz and Cosby yesterday talking about a legitimate RICO case right now against the Bidens. But this song by Jason Aldean has been a major theme on my show the last two days. And I did come to find yesterday that the guy that's been funding the cancellation of Jason Aldean is the man that followed up. Rudy Giuliani, Rudy, the best mayor in the history, not just of New York, in the history of this country. The man that followed him up, Mike Bloomberg, has turned into quite a prick. And he's the guy that's funding the cancellation of Jason Aldean. So before I even get into the Bidens and the RICO opportunity here, Rudy, what happened to that guy that replaced you, kept this city safe, did a good job? What's happened to him? Gosh, you know. I've never said a bad word about him as mayor. No, I won't I'll say a bad word about him as mayor. Well, wait a second. That uh, third term, that third term, Rudy, come on. Yeah, okay. I, I got you. But, you know, I always look at the big things, uh, Sid. Uh, that was silly stuff. Right. He was being, he was being uh, uh, you know, 
I guess we should have seen the switch there. He was being a uh, big brother. Uh, I'm going to run you. I know better. Uh, you can't have big drinks. You uh, can't smoke cigars. You can have marijuana, but, you know, you can't <laughs> smoke cigars. But uh, I always looked at the big thing. And there were, there were things he did in his first four, eight years I wouldn't have done. I think he spent too much darn money. He could have done a lot better with the school system. He got control of it. I never did. And I think I helped him get control of it for fighting for it. I almost did for, for eight years. I was really very enthusiastic when he got control. But, uh, you know, look at the system. It never changed. But he kept the city safe. And I, probably only I and him and a few other people know how hard that is to do. That isn't done by just, oh, we'll keep it safe. In his case, he did have an unbelievable police commission. Uh, Kelly, I can't say enough about Kelly. He was a great police commissioner, tough as nails, former Marine, one year ahead of me at Manhattan College. And, uh, but still, he was engaged and he fought for him, uh, he backed him. I don't know what happened to him. I think hatred of Trump, another one of these Trump derangement syndrome guys. Remember when he appeared at the 2016 Democratic Convention? Yes. Out of nowhere. And he, he, I was watching him. And I, I didn't know where his hatred came from. He he got along with Trump. But until then, I mean, we used to, we used to talk about Trump. He, he had he had no problems with Trump. And even if he disagreed with him politically, this is a guy you know. This is a guy you you work with. So criticize him, but don't I mean don't do that ridiculous speech that you gave. So I don't maybe jealousy that he always wanted to be president. I mean, he wanted to buy it, right? He spent a billion, he spent a billion dollars on a campaign where he didn't get, he didn't get a vote. He got nothing. I mean, it was so embarrassing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's sad. I, uh, but it's sad. It's, it's, he's doing, he's yeah. doing a lot of damage to us with this, with, even with uh, some with his campaigns. I mean, doing a lot of damage to America with these campaigns. And you know, Rudy, you, you know, look I, want, at... I want to apologize though because Why? that's what caused. That's probably what caused my caller to call in and say that Bill had criticized me. No. And I should have checked my my mistake, my fault, stupid rookie mistake. And I go ahead and I, I criticize Bill, which I didn't mean to do. And then I checked with you, and you told me, no, 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 it wasn't. It was it was uh, Bloomberg. So I apologize to uh, uh, to Bill. I'll also do so on my show today. So my listeners hear it. Also, the listener who called is a generally really good listener. So she must have gotten confused. I don't think she was trying to cause trouble. I think she was confused. Maybe, because the whole conversation was, uh, we were talking about Bloomberg and funding all the, and, and, and Bill kept saying, or Raleigh kept saying, well, you got to get him on. I'm like, I'm going to try to get him on. I'm going to try to get him on. And and he talked about what a good mayor he was. And I said, well, let me tell you, Bill, he was a good mayor, but but the table was set by his predecessor, Rudy Giuliani. And Bill's comment was, that's true. You're right. But yeah, what about well, the but, but, but what about the Blasio? I, 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 yeah. I, was, I was just... I, Acted too hastily, and it's my fault. I take all the that's responsibility. Okay. That's fine. Let's move on. When you talk about old Dean and all the controversy, Rudy, and I made this point oh. time and time again for two days. You know, like the, the ladies on the View, those wenches. I've never heard Whoopi Goldberg or Jay, or Joy Behar. You know that Snoop Dogg dog who performed the halftime show, Rudy, at the Super Bowl just two years ago, is only a couple of years removed from writing lyrics in a song where he continued to encourage people to shoot cops. I don't remember yeah, I Whoopi a, Goldberg. Right, yeah. but, but but Jason Aldean talks about small-town values, and they spent 
uh, 15 minutes on The View yesterday killing him. What has happened to our country? I, you know, I wake up every morning and uh, listen to your show. I, usually I get you. information from your show. Well, thank don't you. say thank you because every morning I get angry. <laughs> Not <laughs> you, but what, what are you talking about? Yeah. And I, I tell you, I, I, I probably four out of five mornings, I say just what you say. How could this be? How could we live like this? Plus, you know, I've been living with the truth of what's coming out now for five years. So if you imagine the frustration when the 51 people sent the letter saying that the hard drive was uh, filled with Russian uh, earmarks of Russian collusion. And then Biden getting to go on TV during the debate and accusing Trump and me personally, my name, Rudy Giuliani, of being a Russian agent. <laughs> I think I, I think I broke a wall. I mean, it, 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 and, and nobody and, and people know me for how long? 40 years. And I'm a Russian agent. Please. And now I'm a liar. And uh, uh, and I have a reputation that was earned. It goes away in a minute. Look at what they did to, to, uh, to Kennedy yesterday. Yeah. Did you ever think you would see a day in which the Democrats would vote to censor a Kennedy and not listen to him? Well, he did say I something. Know. I hate to say it as a Jewish person. He did say something that was absolutely 1,000% anti-Semitic. Doesn't mean he's an anti-Semite. I've made uh, feeble attempts at yeah, humor, I, made fun of people, not. but it was anti-Semitic. Right. It was. It was. I mean, it was. And I don't, I, don't think he, I don't think he thought through it and realized what he was saying. But I don't know anything in his background, and I don't, I, I don't know him well, but I, you know, I know him about as well as anybody does. Yeah. I don't remember anything in his background that suggests that he's anti-Semitic. Well, but that's what we say, but you're right about that. But that's what we do today. See, if you make, you, you try to make a joke or if you say one thing, then you're, they label your whole life like they've done to you, Rudy. You, you spent your life putting away the biggest mobsters in the history of New York, taking criminals off the streets like no one else ever did, the greatest mayor ever, consoling thousands and thousands of people. And now you spent the last 10 years, basically 10 years uh, since Trump came along, as a Russian spy and a no-good guy. How was that fair? It's not. It's not. I mean, I'm like, uh, I walk down the street, I could probably start a fight. Half the people hug me, and half the people want to give me the finger. <laughs> you know, and, you, and, you know what's true about that? You, you and I were honored together. Together. You and I both received awards for the Metropolitan Club about two months ago. And I was excited to get an award the same night as you, because I happen to love you. And I show up with Danielle at some place in the city, and there are people outside picketing Rudy Giuliani in yes. New York, in New York. Well, the, I mean, the, the, the hatred of Trump uh, is, a, is a definitely a sickness. It gets people beyond whether you dislike him or not. If we just sit back for a moment and think, what damage did he do as president compared to what's going on now or even compared to Obama? We had it pretty damn good when he was president. The, the world was at peace. He, he got us out of the war. He, he defeated ISIS. Obama left him that war. He ended wars. These guys begin wars. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And our, our economy was the best ever. And you know uh, that all the Ukrainians that are dead to be alive now, if you were president, Putin would never have, have invaded with him. No. Putin is not a risk taker. No. Putin, Putin watched Biden. He taunted him for two months about going in there. Biden gave him all the right answers. I won't do anything. 
And he went in and right. killed all those people. Just like he did with Biden's boss years before Obama when he went to Crimea. It's not a, it's not a coincidence. Crimea, Obama, Ukraine, Biden, no coincidence. And very little to do with 13 dead bodies in Afghanistan, despite people trying to make that case. Now, on Katz and Cosby, you said, following Grassley's form, you can make a RICO case against Joe Biden right now. Most people don't really know what that is, sure. Rudy. So explain that if yeah, you Yeah, it is a little complicated. But uh, Rico was probably the best uh, weapon that I had against the mob and even against Wall Street because Rico allows you to take their money and therefore destroy their business. Rico exists for the purpose of attacking a crime business. So the idea was for years we would put mobsters in jail and somebody else would come over and take over the, the, uh, the Genovese family. Uh, or the, whatever family, right? So you'd put the guy in jail, and a guy would take over a $4 billion family, and it'd just go on nice and happy. And all we were doing was helping the line of succession. We, we, a, a few cases, we were, in fact, by putting Gotti in jail, they appreciated it. But what you do with a RICO case is, if you can show a cer- certain kinds of crimes and bribery is one of them, and that it's done regularly over a period of time, by a group of people who agree to do it, you can go take their property away. So if if, if their income was from uh, bribes, and that constituted 40, 50% of their income, you can take away 40% of their property. Wow. Wow. And they deserve it. <laughs> oh, that's I a mean, good start. It, yep. And they and they, they deserve it. Yep. And, and that, that text by Hunter is a killer in a RICO case. And I don't know why the press doesn't play that up more. Most people remember, you know, 10% for the big guy. But they forget that there's a, uh, a, a text on de- in December of 2018. Uh, and I carry it around in my bag to show it to people. And it says it's to his daughter, who's, who's I think, thinking about getting involved in a business. And he says to her, I'm not, you shouldn't let them do to you what they did to me. They never respected me. I paid the expenses of the family for 30 years, and I still had to give half my income to Pop. Yep, I remember that text. Absolutely. Laid out. I mean, yep. That, yep. that is a contract. That's like yep. explaining the contract of the Rico family. But, but you're asking why the media doesn't cover it. It's because 99% of the media runs safe for Biden. We know that. It's a crooked media. I know, and then they say yeah. things like, there's no proof he got money. Right. Your yeah. son saying he gave you money is proof that you got money. Right. Well, there's a, all we have is proof. There's another text. Where he, there's another text where he talks about his father sitting right next to him. All right, one more quickly. So, um, Bill, you talked about, and I know you're upset with Peter King now. You listen to the show every day. And Curtis Sliwa, he may be crazy, wacky, all these things. He's really not. He's crazy <laughs> genius. He's crazy genius. He loves you. He loves you. You guys. Uh, I love him too. I love him too. And he has made a really spectacular case, which I think is backed by the New York Post more than once this week, that there was definitely a cover up. The FBI was not called in when they should have been in this Gilgo murder case. He's making. I'm not sure if he's 100 percent right or not, but he's making a very good case. Others don't want to hear it. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, you're right. You're, you're, you, boy, are you right. Uh, I, I mean, I spent a lot of time, you don't know this, but I've spent a lot of time, maybe, uh, gosh, almighty, 100 hours reading all the background. Of, I even went out there, took my own pictures. And uh, there's, and I've listened to the prior documentaries. There's no doubt 
I mean, look, if there wasn't a cover-up, they acted like there was one. Uh, every every single if you if you consider that it, by 2012 they knew the car the exact model car right they knew that he was six five they knew he looked like an ogre and they knew he lived in Massapequa Park and they worked in Manhattan. But you, you know, you're, you're, wait, 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 you're saying they knew that 11 years ago and they still didn't call the FBI. Yeah, you and I could, if, if we had that sit, you and I could go out and find him in about at least two, two, two to three days in right. Massapequa Park. Right. How many guys do you think are six, five, and 350 pounds? <laughs> right. In Mass- there, there are 17,000 people in Massapequa, 8,000 males. They already figured that out. Now you cut out the children. All you got to do is stand at the damn uh, uh, Massapequa Park station and watch the people come off. And the guy who's lumbering is the guy, your killer. The guy who's walking along who can't, who looks like a big fat pig is your killer. Yeah. I mean, I, now I've, I've run this past on my, on my uh, live stream. I had a detective on with me and he's laughing. I said, well, how long would it take you and your guys to find this guy? He said, I don't know. Maybe we find right. him first time out. How many guys like that would be in Massapequa Park? And how about this? He parked the damn car in front of his house. I know, for 10 years. So my question becomes, the the commissioner, the other person there, who both went to prison, uh, Curtis contends they were with prostitutes and, and, you know, some of the girls, in fact, that ended up dead, and that's the reason why they didn't want the FBI there, because they were afraid, and they went to prison, so they're not great guys anyway. Uh, they were afraid that their names are going to come up, and that led to part of the reason why it took so long, because these city guys... Police commissioner and others, DA, were so crooked and with these prostitutes that they didn't really want the crime solved to begin with. Do you believe that? I do. Yeah, I think yeah. I do too. Uh, uh, maybe I have to put it this way, Sid, just to be absolutely, you know, clear about it. I believe there's certainly more than enough evidence to investigate that. I can't, I can't prove it right now, like I can right. prove Biden. Right. But. I think it's worth an investigation, and I'd be surprised if it didn't come out that way. Seems to me that in that little community, Oak Beach, let's put it this way, there was stuff going on. There was prostitution there. There was drugs there. And high officials of Suffolk County were participating in it. I think it goes beyond just the police. I think it's some of the high political officials. And by the way, they were all Democrats, but you know, that, you know, that's not really the point, but they are, they were. It was a democratic administration and they were all protecting each other. Wow. I don't think they wanted Oak Beach to come out. No, no. And Curtis is talking about it every day. And guys, you know, and some of the reason why I think they've been so defensive, it's like they're scared to death. I just don't get it. Hey, Rudy, this was an unbelievable conversation. Not good. Great. They always are. Uh, Thank you. Great job, Thank you. You do too. Thank you. Thank you. This was great. Thank you, Rudy. Well, that was great. Rudy Giuliani. (laughs) He just, that's a grant. Rudy, that's a Jim Leyritz home run in the bottom of the 10th. Rudy, that's a Reggie Jackson home run against the Dodgers, summer of 77. Rudy, that's a YA Tittle touchdown pass, baby. Great job, Rudy Giuliani. Only halfway through. Big name still to come your way. Thank you, Rudy Giuliani. We're coming right back.
Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. That was a big 7 o'clock hour. Both guys were great, Curtis Sliwa and Rudy Giuliani, and both agree that there was a much bigger story here than some big ogre murderer killing girls in Long Island, Atlantic City, maybe Vegas too, that there is the probability, not possibility, probability of a cover-up. And if you read today's New York Post about Burke, man, it does look that way to me. And I'm not taking sides I love Peter King. I love Curtis Sleva. But I'm never, ever, ever going to make a decision about a story based on my friendships. I love George V, too. He's a great guy. But let me explain to you guys, okay? There's nobody more pro-cop than Sid Rosenberg or John Katzmatidis. But there are some bad cops. The FBI, for the most part, are good people. But we know how corrupt the DOJ has become. Let's stop it. Let's stop fooling ourselves. So I know why those guys defend their positions. And I can respect that. But it's not true. We want the truth. We want to find out what happened. I'm not maligning all cops in Nassau, Suffolk County. What I'm saying is these guys went to prison. They've been maligned already. They went to prison. And you read the stories, and they are ugly. And it doesn't make any sense with all the news and details they had 13 years ago that all of a sudden Ray Tierney, who's great, don't get me wrong, he's great, and Rodney Harrison walk in and they get their guy. Doesn't make any rational sense. With that said, here he is. He hosts the Cats Roundtable, 8 a.m. every Sunday morning, a great show, as well as Cats and Cosby, 5 p.m. every weekday afternoon. My owner, my boss, and most importantly, my dear friend, John Katzmatidis. Good morning, John. Good morning, Sid. Uh, Let me tell you, uh, WABC uh, stands for Truth, Justice, and the American Way. We support our law enforcement 110%. We support the FBI 110 percent, the uh, the men in blue 110 percent. But like you said, and we we I said, when you have an organization of 40,000 law enforcement, 30,000 uh, whatever FBI, there's always going to be a few bad elements, and 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 in the FBI, they take orders from the Department of Justice. And there's so many people uh, there that are political appointees. I don't know what the truth is. I mean, I I believe in in, in we are 110 percent behind law enforcement. Me too. And I just want to put that on the record. Well, you this are morning. for sure. I mean, what you and Margot do every yeah. year, the PAL, uh, the police balls. So you don't have to say yeah. it. You no. prove it. You prove yeah, it with uh, time I just and money. Want to put it on the record. Well, that's and, fine. And, 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 and the fact is. Uh, is there something else wrong? Uh, I don't think this guy uh, uh, was the only killer. I think that my personal belief, 
I, I know nothing else. My personal belief uh, is that uh, uh, there's probably a few other people involved. Uh, Rita kept playing back. Rita Cosby, uh, the the tape of that woman that was being chased, and she called 911. Yeah, that was like three weeks ago. She didn't say, uh, he's chasing me. He sh- she said, they, they are. are chasing me. And you heard two voices. Me. Right. Uh, and uh, and she died. Yeah. And um, No, no, no you're, no, no. you're talking about Shannon Gilbert many, yes, many years yes, ago. Yes, right, right, yes. right, right. She and did she die. She died. Yes, she did. And yes. Who, who is they? I mean. I don't know. I, 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 I tend to agree with you. There's more than one killer. We Let certainly had our something. fair share. Uh, uh, Sheriff Toulon is an honest guy. He's a straight arrow. Okay. Uh, in the, in Suffolk County, uh, D.A. Tierney uh, is an honest guy. He's a great guy. Uh, and uh, and uh, our uh, uh, Nassau County, uh, uh, we have uh, Rodney. Uh, well, Rodney's in Suffolk. In Nassau, you've got Pat Ryder and Donnelly, Bruce Blakeman. Yes. In Suffolk, you've got Rodney Harrison. I, I believe they're all yeah, but they just arrows. but John, they just got there. No, they just got there. right. So what about the twelve so, years before? I think they're gonna. My personal belief, they're gonna keep looking, and I think there's gonna be something more. Not just with this guy, but with what happened over those twelve years. I mean, when you listen to Curtis on this show and his own show, okay, um, we don't know who's right, who's wrong. But you're a smart guy. And we both love the cops. We said that already. I'm going to preface it again. Yeah. When you go over today's New York Post article about Burke and these other people who were there before. I never, I never knew him. Me either. I but, never knew but him. But when you hear all this stuff, are you going to tell I, me I knew, it doesn't sound feasible? That there was something bigger and worse? My personal belief, there's somebody else involved. And uh, No, I'm talking uh, like, about, I'm talking I, about, I'm talking about the, the cover-up possibility. There's, there is a cover-up possibility, my okay. personal belief. Okay, good. And uh, I think that they're going to... I think that the uh, current law enforcement is going to get down to the bottom of it. Of all of it. Of all Whether of it. Whether he's the only killer, what happened 12 years prior. Do you believe, though, that it's worth investigating? Because I know it's Peter doesn't, George look, V doesn't. Look, I believe it's worth investigating. Good. I believe that uh, uh, the American people, New Yorkers, American people, uh, want to know the truth. And that's it. And that's it. Bottom line. Right. And, and, and you have honest, uh, guys in, in, uh, in, uh, in the right positions right now. And I think they're going to get down to the truth. Are you John Katsimatidis when you go tomorrow, right, to the Hamptons? You and, uh, Margot. Gotta love you both. And it's a long trip, two hours. Is there any chance during your car trip to the Hamptons that at some point you will ask your driver to play the song by Jason Aldean. And what's the, what's the name of that wait, song? Wait, wait, wait. My, my wife drives tomorrow morning. Margot drives? Yes. Yeah, not going to happen in a small town. What's the exact name again, uh, Lewis? Try that. Try that time. in a small town. You know the controversy here. You know, the video does show the summer of 2020, the BLM riots, the Antifa riots, which are worse than January 6th. And he sings about how that wouldn't happen in a small town. He's right. What's the big deal? What's the big controversy? Why can rap stars talk about sex and violence and shooting cops? Nobody gets upset. Well, that's upset. a different conversation. Let me tell you something. Paying these people $13.8 million is oh. wrong. It's wrong. Well, who did that? Was that our friend, the mayor? Um, that I think uh, uh, that was a settlement uh, by the New York City Legal Department. I guess the mayor had to approve it. I guess so. Well, there's one worse. You ready for this? Uh he, he, some Hispanic and some 
uh, black teachers that didn't get jobs. You ready for this? Yeah. The city just settled with them for $1.8 billion. I saw that. I saw that. Okay, and I was told by uh, uh, by Kathy Wild that uh, we don't have insurance against that. That one point eight billion dollars is cash uh, from the city budget. Do we even have it? <laughs> I mean, all I hear about is well, how broke well, we are. Let's, let's go. Let's go the other way. Uh, we had Tom DiNapoli on, uh, who's an honest, to the straight arrow. I love Tom, uh, and he's a good guy. Yes, and uh, he says that uh, income taxes for the first quarter. We're down 31%. Now, you know, you got uh, all the middle class. Who's moving to Florida? Who's moving to North Carolina? People that, uh, that, uh, that are middle class and, uh, and above. Right. Uh, and, uh, wealthy and people, too, yes. If they're not paying the taxes in New York, it, it, the taxes income is going down. And we're getting in migrants that we have to pay them. Right, they won't even so work. At well, some they can't place, work. At some place, you people have to understand, money that people were paying, they left. Yeah, uh, people that want to get paid by us for existing, we're paying them. So you know, money, uh, some place it blows up, <laughs> and you got to. You know, it's very, very simple. At a certain point, <laughs> all, all the people paying the taxes left. And the people that want to get paid by us, by yeah. the rest of the taxpayers, are coming in. It's, it's At funny. At what point does it blow up? Well, it's funny, but it's not. It's funny, but it's not. I keep saying, John Katsimatidis just built this unbelievable building. I have friends on the west coast of Florida. They're all aware of what happened in St. Petersburg. I go, why? He's in his 70s. He's made billions. His daughter's going to be in Miami probably anyway. John Jr. is fine. He's an adult. He's okay. Why does John and Margot continue? It's cold up here. It's dirty. You got crime on the Upper East Side when he can live tomorrow in a beautiful new apartment in St. Petersburg. No the crime. The building's not finished yet. Oh, it's not done yet? <laughs> well, you got to wait till next year. But would, you, wait till well, but would year. you ever consider moving there for good? Not maybe, just no, getting no, out of here. No, I, I would consider moving there for 181 days a year. You would? Six months and six months. What, what do you call No, 181 days. Snowbirds. That means that you're not paying taxes in New York. <laughs> That's smart. I think that's the, yeah. is that the number? It might be 186. No, it's, probably, it's probably half, yeah, right? It's 186 or 181. One day less than and, half. And, and that's what a lot of New Yorkers are doing. Well, but that's, a, but that's for a tax break. But are you, are you, you think you'll ever get to the point where love, you just want to have enough? You had enough in New York? That's it. I love New York. I know you do. I love New York. I love the restaurants. I love the people. And we're going to try to save it. You know, you got this November, 51 out of 51 uh, city council seats are very up. important. Very important. If New Yorkers don't wake up and say we're going to go and vote and vote for common sense, I don't care if you vote for common sense Democrats. I don't care if you vote for common sense Republicans. But you got to vote for common sense. And you know what I'm saying about the ones that want to defund uh, the police? Let's take their district where they live in and defund the district. <laughs> and say to people that live in that district, yeah. if you call 911, nobody's going to answer. But the prob- How do you feel about the I city know, council but, person? But here's the problem. Like Justin Brannon, for example, he's second in charge. He handles the budget. Billions of dollars. He lives in Brooklyn. He's one of those putzes who wants to defund the police. But you know what the problem is, John? There are people that live there that don't want to. 
And why should they pay the price because you got some idiot politician? But you're right. You got to vote for the people who care about crime. New Look, Yorkers, like, New Yorkers have to wake up yes. and go to the polls and vote for and, the right and people. Vote for common sense, yes. and that's it. Don't vote for the for the, for the socialists. And you know what? You, you know what? There's, we have a lot of common sense Democrats. Who? Uh, give me, give me a couple. I'm begging you. I'm hey, begging you. I'm begging you. Yeah. Governor uh, David Patterson. He's out of business, so he's on but radio. He's a common sense Democrat. I know, but he's not working. Give uh, me somebody who's working. Uh, Judge Weinberg. He's uh, you he's know. retired. No, you know what what happens with the rest of them? What? They're scared. I they know they're scared. scared. I know they are scared to, uh, to to stand up. I understand. There's a common sense Democrat state senator in Rochester. I forget his name. I wouldn't even know. Uh, I wouldn't even know. Yeah. And, and, and guess what? He, he, he's always been common sense, and the socialists have made a decision they're going to get rid of him. Well, you know who that guy is? hate to say it. My friend and yours, Eric. He's a common sense guy. He was a Republican 10 years ago. He is so scared that Hochul or Biden or these people won't like him that he talks like a Republican but acts like a Democrat. And I like him, but he's one of those guys who was clearly scared. You agree or disagree? I agree with you a hundred percent. And we got to do. We got to stand up. We and, do. Uh, let me tell you something. WABC is going to stand up for common sense. Thank God for this. Station. And 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 we're <laughs> going to go out there and yell. Somebody texted me yesterday. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, I saw Maria. You know, when I would listen to you in the morning. Yeah. I also have Maria Bartolomo on on the television. She's set. the best morning show of all. I agree. And, 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 and you know, you know what it had? It had um, that. Uh, the the people covering covering what's going on in Washington. Yeah, um, the Biden scandal. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's like all the the like Fox News, Fox Business, uh, WABC contributed six hundred minutes to it, and the rest of those channels. Guess what? Nothing. Zero. But did she mention zero? The, did she mention WABC? Ah, uh, did she mention us? Yes. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that is great. That is great. All right. So well, listen. So listen. It's about telling the truth and yeah. covering everything. I agree. You know, I always said, let's cover everything and let the people decide which way to go. Two more years, John. If not in two more years, both of us will be living right next to each other, joining apartments we in St. Petersburg. Joint penthouses. <laughs> joint penthouses in St. Petersburg. You're great. Thank you. I love you. That Thank you. Said, I like when you come in in the morning. Keep doing that. Keep whatever, stopping by. Whatever. You're great. No, hey, listen. We got somebody has to talk common sense in this. One hundred percent, and you do that every time. Ha, and so, so do your day. shows. You too. Have a great weekend too. That's my dear friend John Katz. <laughs> I like when he comes in. He's great with me, and he's great on his own shows. Katz and Cosby, five p.m. weekdays, and of course the Catch Round Table. What a great show! Eight a.m. Sunday mornings. That's my man right there, John Katz. great job, John. We'll come back, Judge Janine Pirro, and more. Friday edition of Sitting Friends in the Morning, WABC. We're trying to save you, folks. We're trying to save you. Hold on for dear life. Some say that we should never ponder
Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Unchain my heart. Joe Cocker is one of my all-time favorites. We've got a great morning already so far. Curtis Sliwa, Rudy Giuliani, and John Katsimatidis. And John was just talking to Curtis, and my, I saw my dear friend George, George V., who's uh, John's right-hand man at Red Apple Media. You've heard George on the show a bunch of times, including just a couple of days ago with Peter King. And George spent 24 years with the FBI and the DEA. And I made it very, very clear, and Lou and Justin, you could attest to this. I don't bash the whole FBI. I bash a few rotten apples. The issue becomes, for me, the rotten apples are the guys at the top. I don't want to see Chris Ray. George V's not going to be on TV. Chris Ray's on TV lying to us. Jim Comey spent 30 minutes explaining to me why Hillary Clinton was guilty and then said, but she can go home. And unfortunately, that has people malign all of the FBI, which I agree is unfair. But who knows more about that than a man who spent 24 years there? My next guest, George V. Sam, good morning. How good morning, pal. Good, good. You know, my concern here is, it's a legit concern. This country needs a strong FBI. They need the FBI. The FBI does so much good for this country that people don't even know what they do. Right. They're working thousands of cases. You have right. people working 12-hour shifts, working cases every day. New York probably has 2,000 cases going right now. This... These missteps, and I'm not going to sit here and say the FBI didn't make mistakes here. These missteps are hurting the credibility of the FBI, the perception of the FBI. 100%. It keeps people from coming to the FBI because I don't trust the FBI because, you know, everybody's saying they, they, you know, they're, they're biased and stuff. But the, the, what kills me the most, and this is, I want to just be clear about this. What kills me the most, there is so many hardworking employees in the FBI all over the country that, that are, are trying not to listen to this. And just keep their eye on the ball and work the cases. Now, unfortunately, Washington let them down. Washington let them down. They've hurt. They hurt the FBI, and their perceptions out there now. But we need the FBI. Well, listen. Uh, how many times has the FBI thwarted terrorist oh, attempts? Thirty-seven in one year yeah. between the borders of uh, Washington and and uh, Canada. I know what they do, but it's like every other business, right? Cops. Ninety-nine yes. percent of cops are great people. Great. There's one percent of cops like Burke out in Suffolk County. They're not great people. But, you, but then again, it's the, the FBI that, that leads those investigations, right? It's and then the, the ones FBI, who, they, the they per, did put him the FBI away. FBI put Burke in jail. They did. So yeah. my issue becomes is while the number may be very very small, and I admit it probably is. I agree uh, with you. The overwhelming majority of FBI people put the C in courage. It's always the guys on top. Yeah. Why is that? Well. The problem is this is this is another problem. You have a political appointees. That's the, why. The, the, That's the, why. The, the head of the FBI is appoint politically, just like every U.S. attorney. For, for in the folks country that don't know, for folks that don't know, who appoints that guy? The president. The president, right? So I, Trump appointed Chris Wray. Absolutely. And okay, absolutely. You know, and then every U.S. attorney is appointed. So this is where some of the rub comes. There's always that natural tendency between the agents. They just want to make their cases. You know, the agents want to, you know, put people in jail who are guilty. Some cases prove the opposite. But the prosecutors are the ones that could stop a case, slow a case, yeah. don't give you subpoenas, don't give you, you know, grand jury time. There's like, prosecutors have a big part in this. 
We're, we're fortunate in New York we have great prosecutors for the most part. Other yeah. parts of the country may not have great prosecutors. So some of this blame the FBI is getting and tarnished, um, like the Hunter Biden case. You know, the FBI, I'm sure those people wanted to, to get make that case. But the, but where it gets stalled is in the U.S. Attorney's Office, and you don't want to be. And the FBI is not. Then we're not. The FBI is not very good. We're not very good defending ourselves. <laughs> I can see that. Now, I've been out eight years. Oh, you I are. You're defend. doing. A, you're doing a great job right now. But, but we need to because this country needs a strong yeah. FBI. Well, and I imagine that people like you, good guys, good FBI guys, you got to be pissed at some of the guys that are making you look bad. Absolutely, they're on the same team, but they're Absolutely. making you look bad. Absolutely. John and I, you know, we, we run this Federal Law Enforcement Foundation, which is a great foundation. You know, it's been around for 30, 33 years. You know, so we, you know, our job is, part of our job is, you know, my, I give back to that. Part of our job is to help law, federal law enforcement. Yeah. You know, with the locals. You know, so we, we, we hear what people, frustrations they have. We hear, they listen to radio. You, they're probably fans of yours. They're fans of yours. I hear good things. Uh, who's not? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Joe. Believe me, you have your enemies, too. Oh, oh, and those listen more than the folks who actually like me. The enemies <laughs> listen even longer, trust me. Yeah, yeah. But I can, I, I can see, like, you've got such a passion. Like, it really upsets you. You have come and said to me maybe five times <laughs> that you're upset. So yeah. clearly, FBI people care. It upsets you. You know how, how long you gone yeah. from the FBI? How many years you away from the FBI? I've been out a little over eight years. Eight years, and, and you right now you're I in still, tears. I still bleed FBI. You're I, in I, tears. Yeah, my 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 dream was being FBI. You know, with my passion was FBI. I oh. I said with FBI agents, what people don't realize, FBI employees mm-hmm. sacrifice their lives. Mm-hmm. We don't live normal lives. We don't take big vacations. We don't. We barely be able to pay our college to, to kids' to tuitions. Yeah. You know, we work. 12-hour days is like a normal day, especially in New York, trying to get into the city, you know. So, you know, we have a passion for for our job and our love of the country. And to be attacked, it, it's hurtful. And I feel it just as much as they do. I see it. I, I mean, you, you know, know, people can't see George right now, but he's literally tearing up and he's upset. You know, and because you know why he upsets me the most? I know the great work they're doing every day, but you never hear about it. Right. Well, of you, course not. That's not. You that's only not hear news. about a misstep sure. or this or, sure. right. or being. And, 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 and what kills me, you know, and I hear it a lot. And obviously, is is this characterization that the FBI is protecting the Bidens, the FBI is behind the FBI is behind all this stuff? They're really not. Well, some, could be, it could some be people, somebody some who works people, there. Some right. people, yeah. Right. I mean, we had some bad apples. That, right. Believe me, the rank and file can't stand. Right. We've had some bad apples got walked out of the building. They didn't get walked out for nothing, you know. But, you know, and they hurt. The problem is they hurt the FBI, but more importantly, they hurt the country. The FBI is in charge of going after the Chinese and the Russians. Yeah. Right? And yeah. they made a lot of Chinese arrested this year. Did you hear about it? I barely heard about it. Never. Never. But they had some big arrests. Huge. Never heard about you know, it. Never heard about it. Yeah. They want to talk about the, the campaign and stuff. And I get all that. And I and I get the, why the Republicans are upset. I get it. I get it. They have a right to be upset because of things that happen and the targeting and, and, and unnecessary. Why are you prosecuting one person, not the other? But I'm telling you, the rank and file, they don't care about the parties. They want to arrest everybody. So how many, guilty. how many people, Robert, up with this? Mm-hmm. This is great. I mean, really, I'm... I'm that's my party. This is great. How many people do you think work for the FBI? Well, you have about you have about thirty five thousand. You have about, you only have probably thirteen thousand agents for the whole country. Okay, but thirty five thousand, thirteen thousand agents. Yeah, and we always talk about Ray, bad right. guy. Right, Comey, bad guy. Stroke, bad guy. 
Page bad girl. Yes. Four no. out of 30,000. Right. So I think you made your point pretty well. But they did hurt us. Oh, it's killing I'm, I'm not, not going to tell you that perception becomes reality. It kills you. We, but we got to, you know, I'm going to be on a campaign now. We need to help get them back on their feet, get them right, and, and for the good of the country. That's all I have to say. You did a great job. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Sid. I love thank you, man. Thank George V. You. And you are a, a great American and a hero, so thank you very yeah, much. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, you I'm, just a, I'm just an ordinary no, guy. No, you're not. Well, you're okay. a giant fan, too. So. That's it. Right. <laughs> so thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Uh, by the way, uh, that was George V., I uh, I did go to Mayor Adams, and I asked him. We had uh, a little bit of a conversation about Adams, me and Katz Matides, about coming on every week starting in the fall. And I told you this. Adams, very honest, told me weeks ago I really can't do it because I'm about to launch my own show on WBLS. He told me that weeks ago. He was very honest. And it was announced when? Yesterday, the day before that he is, in fact, going to have his own show, I think, 10.30 a.m. Sunday mornings on WBLS. Now, if he asked me, that's the wrong station. Wrong one. If you're Eric Adams, you know where you do your show? On a white conservative station. BLS is too easy. <laughs> you already got those people in the bag, Eric. You already got them. So that doesn't take a lot of courage to do a show at WBLS. I wouldn't have done it, but that's fine. He is going to do it. He will still join me. He will still join me, but that's where his show is going to be, WBLS. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer. All lowercase. That's Shopify.com slash special offer. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. From my friends. 77 WABC. The loveliness of Paris. Seems somehow sadly gay The glory that was Rome Is of another day I've been terribly alone And forgotten in Manhattan When my dad passed away I miss my father When he passed away uh, two and a half summers ago When he turned 75 he was 88 when he died. My beautiful wife, Danielle, and I, Danielle, bought him tickets to see his favorite here, Tony Bennett. Antonio Di Benedetto at the Radio City Music Hall. And it was a spectacular show. My dad was always a huge fan of all the big crooners, Sinatra, Bennett, you name it. And we did receive some really sad news this morning that one of the all-time greats, Americana, Tony Bennett has passed away. At the age of 96 years old, he had a rough couple of years. We know that. More than a couple. Dementia. All that had set in. I guess he had uh, Alzheimer's. But nevertheless, great entertainer, brilliant guy, handsome, great voice. Rest in peace, Tony Bennett. My next guest is my favorite at Fox News. 
and I'll say it right to Waters and Kilmeade's face. I don't care. And she's also tremendous. My favorite here on the weekends, too, every Sunday morning. And when I watch the five, and I like the other people. I do. Some of them. Some are overrated, like Gutfeld. But um, she's my favorite by far. Here she is, the great Janine Pirro. Hello, Judge. Good morning. How are you? Hey, listen, I, I just want to say one thing about uh, Tony Bennett. You know, he was such a great, great, you know, he's an icon. And uh, I was fortunate enough, Sid, when I was running for DA, uh, I don't know, I don't know if it was in uh, 2001, I forget which election, uh, he did a concert for me. He was a gentleman, wow. uh, and he actually did a fundraiser. And I, I, I forever will be grateful to that man. So many people came out. And uh, in the end, I mean, it was just uh, I was very fortunate to have known him in, in, in a more than just an audience uh, a viewer or, or listener. But uh, God bless him in any event. Um, it's good to talk to you. And uh, I got to tell you, I am tired of this weather. I am tired of the fact that it's always raining on the weekend. I mean, can't we can't we sue somebody somewhere? (laughs) Well, the weekend is going to be gorgeous. That's the good news. Uh, We're going to the Hamptons the next two days. But listen, Janine, the first time I saw you was in East Boca. You can move there. It's sunny and 90 degrees every day. I lived there for 16 years. You could have it. I'd rather have rain every once in a while. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I can't live in the same weather every day. I'll hang myself. <laughs> Listen, I mean, the truth is you've got to have a change. It's like yeah. everything else in life. Yes, yes. You know, a little of this, a little of that. Right. I like a change. You know what changed for me? I'll tell you what changed for me. I listened yeah. to an old tape of me on Imus many years ago, and Imus was a guy that loved country music, and it was an old tape dating back to, like, 2003, me and Bernie, God rest his soul. And Imus was talking up some country guy, and I was like, oh, God, enough, I hate country music. Well, over the last six or seven years, I now become a huge country music band. In fact, I used to work at Cumulus, and we owned, along with WABC and WPLJ, Nash Country here in New York. And I met a lot of guys like Jason Aldean, Luke Bryan, all those guys. This controversy, I mean, Janine, you're telling me it's okay for Snoop Dogg, who performed at the Super Bowl, mind you, for two years ago to write a song encouraging people to kill cops. Kill cops. Exactly. But you're going to have Whoopi Goldberg and Joy Behar take Jason Aldean to task because he stands for small-town values? What kind of country do we live in? Well, we live in a totalitarian country when you think about how they're trying to portray Jason Aldean's song uh, try that in a small town as somehow being a racist dog whistle. Uh, the truth is, Sid, think about it. There is nothing in that song uh, and in the video that is not accurate, that is not real, and that is not the truth. Correct. What he does in the song is he takes videos of what happened in 2020 and all the rioting, you know, those peaceful protests, and all the burning <laughs> and all the violence. And he just portrays it, and he says, you know, not in a small town. In other words, not going to happen in a small town. But the left sees racism in everything. So they come out and they say, well, you know, there's a Tennessee courthouse, and and someone was lynched there, uh, uh, an African-American. That's true. Mr. Choate, yes, Henry Choate, yes. But, yeah, and but you know what? He is showing the riots in front of that courthouse. Right. And the truth is Disney did a movie with Hannah Montana with that courthouse in it. So all this is is a continuation of their effort to shut down anyone on the right and turn the turn the fingers of racism at us. And it's 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 just absurd. And when you listen to some of the lyrics of the uh, you know of the people on the left, as there's a song "F the Police," 
by NWA, and they say they're going to smoke them away, and they can bring out the yellow tape, and that's just fine. And all of a sudden, they're ma- they're turning the world upside down, and now it's number one on iTunes. And uh, uh, I love Jason Aldean. I'm a country music fan. I have been for decades. And I just think that this is a chance, just like Bud Light, just like Target, for red-blooded Americans to come out and say, you know what? Not in my town and not in my country, damn it. You're not going to tell me that what I'm looking at that is a reality of what the left did to this country two years ago and say I'm somehow responsible for racism. They see racism. Did you watch the hearings the other day where the whistleblower testified? The Democrat congressmen were saying there's racism in this. How? They said a two-tier justice system is about racism. Cut the crap. This is about shutting down everyone on the right and saying you can't say what you want. Free speech doesn't apply. Political correctness does. And if we don't like what what you say, we're going to censor you. And Sid, you mark my words. It's just a couple of, I don't know, a few years before they start with hate speech. You know, in the European Union, they can prosecute you for hate speech. Now, the United States Supreme Court has made it very clear that all speech is protected unless it's, you know, it's something like inciting a riot or we're talking about child pornography as, you know, an exercise of free speech. But they're very specific. Hate speech in particular is protected. That's why we have the First Amendment. People can say whatever they want. You can disagree with it, and that's fine. But we have to have the exchange of ideas and the freedom to say what we think and what we feel. But the left does not want that. And think about where they're taking this country. And small town America and middle America, aside from these commas on the, uh, you know, on the corners of the United States or on the East Coast and West Coast, small town America is not going to tolerate it. I wish big town America wouldn't either. I mean, I'm here in New York. I've lived in Florida. And too many people side with the bad guys. And you're right, small town. Dana Lesh had it right. That book, Fly Over Nation, a couple of years ago, was right yeah. on the money. You know, uh, every day, like, you know, you're in these studios on Sunday, so I've got the TVs on in the newsroom. I don't listen because I'm doing a radio show, but I can see what's right, going on. Right. <laughs> so, right. So they got MSNBC on, and these are some of the worst people God ever created. This lowlife Joe and Mika and this racist Sharpton and Willie Geist, that moron who's only there because of his father. But they're yelling and yep. screaming this morning about um, Ron DeSantis and the racist Florida, that he has the nerve to say that people actually got the, did good things in the whole slavery movement and what they're doing to the education system in Florida with this new black history uh, textbook is absolutely yeah. disgusting. And There's that word again, racist. They're the same people, the same people that when Ron DeSantis, who I'm not a fan of, I'm a Trump guy, but when Ron DeSantis right. brought out the Parental Act, which every state in this country should have, they called it the Don't Say Gay Act. They're the same people. Right. Right. These are people who decide that what you are doing is wrong, and they will they will delineate it any way they want. They can say it's racist. They could call a law that has nothing to do with don't say gay, a don't say gay law. It's all about the narrative. It's all about convincing people that they're on the wrong side because of what the left is accusing them of that has nothing to do with the facts and the reality. This is so you'll go on you you'll listen to someone argue and they'll say you're a racist, you're a xenophobe. Yeah. That law is don't say gay. No, what the law means is you're not gonna show a picture of two kids having sex with each other to <laughs> my first grader. Right. And you know what? Nobody's banning books. 
They're just saying you can't read that book until maybe you're 10 or 12 or 13. How about 18? (laughs) We even have movies that you can't see unless you're 17 or 18. Whatever. I forget whatever the age is. But the truth is they want it. It is the, 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 I'm stumbling. It's the destruction of our society. It is, gender doesn't matter anymore. Gender fluid. Um, you know, all of these uh, uh, trans, uh, uh, oh, please. They, 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 yeah, that please. they are they're doing these shows in front of young kids. I mean, this is an outrage. It's the takedown of our society. There will be no more moral core. No. No, you got drag they queens, wanna... you got drag queens in front of kids. But but this thing specifically with the new way that they're teaching African-American history in Florida, they're not saying slavery didn't exist. They're not erasing slavery. But i got to tell you, Janine, and I'm going to say it at the risk of getting yelled at, I'm sick of hearing about it. 400 years later, I'm a Jew. I don't pick up the Holocaust every 15 minutes. I mean, give me a break. My God, can we can we start to move on at some point? I mean, the mayor wants no. reparations in no. this city. He wants reparations. No. Yeah, well, that's what I was just going to say. That's why I started laughing. They, it's not over. It's not only not over. They're going to start paying people. We're going to start giving people things. Listen, I'm of Lebanese Christian descent. My family was in Lebanon. We had nothing to do with it. <laughs> right. You're gonna, we didn't have any slaves. Oh. Give me a break. So, <laughs> you can make whatever joke you want because I'm laughing too. But, you know, I mean, yeah. half the people in this country weren't even here. You know, in the 17 and 1800s, give me a friggin' break. Stop it. Look, I look, I was the first woman to do this. The first woman to do that. The first woman. Who gives a damn? Oh, God. I have a chip on my shoulder because of it. No, you forge ahead and you get to where you're going. Well, I'm glad you said that because I actually was very critical and I'm friendly with this guy. I swear to you, Gene, I'm not exaggerating. We've texted each other 10 times the last two days. The new New York police commissioner, Eddie Caban, I love him. And I was friends with Keyshawn Sewell. But if I got to hear one more time, he's the first Puerto Rican. I don't care if he's Puerto Rican, black. Just, just be good at your job. Just be good at yeah. your job, right? How about just be a cop and do what cops do? They make arrests. They stop crime. They get, they face the criminal. They make sure that the criminals brought in, that there's accountability, responsibility. Bring back the anti-crime unit. Make this city great again. It's all in your lap, Cap Caban. I don't know the guy, He's and gonna... I don't really care what his ethnicity right, is. Right. It's just like nobody gave a damn when I was trying a murder case. It was about the victim, and it was about the criminal. So stop this nonsense. And you know what? I keep saying it. Tell the mayor to roll his sleeves up and get out there and start fighting crime. Mm-hmm. Half the people in New York City voted for him because he was a cop. What did we get? We got some guys all dialed up at night going to every event he can and talking about vegan food and how great he looks. Give me a break. <laughs> This is why she's the best, whether it's the 5 or 11 a.m. here on Sunday mornings. So we've spent a lot of time on my show covering this Rex Uriman case, but from a different uh, place. And that is uh, because of Curtis Sliwa's homework, uh, we we believe that there was a cover-up, and that's why it took 13 years. It wasn't that Ray Tierney, and he's a great DA, he's a brilliant guy, or Rodney Harrison all of a sudden became geniuses. There's a lot of really nasty stuff. Look at the New York Post today. The guy that went to jail, the former police commissioner, Burke, he had prostitutes, he had sex toys. There's a lot of nasty stuff about a place on Long Island and prostitutes and local officials, and there are some that believe, and I believe them too at this point, 
that the, they did not call the FBI in because they were involved in some of these places where some of these girls who ended up dead actually were. Now, you're not going to cover that because I, I, I guarantee you Fox News doesn't even know about it or have these other stations. But above and beyond this guy being a creep and a serial murderer, and I think they got the right guy, the, the yeah, fact that it took 13 years with the same car yeah. parked outside this guy's house, we believe yeah. is even the bigger story. Well, you know what? It sounds like there is, but obviously until you, you know, get in the box, I always call the files a box, you don't know. But you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the Robert Durst case, that which was a cold case that I pulled out, I think, in uh, 1999, 2000. Uh, and what happened then was uh, the NYPD overlooked a lot in that case. And, and make no mistake, I love the NYPD. They are the best in the in the country, and as far as I'm concerned, the best in the world. They just need a good leader. Uh, but you know, th- this guy Robert Durst walks in. He says, "Yeah, here's a here's a uh, magazine with my dad on the cover, Seymour Durst. You know, we own half the buildings in New York City." And my my wife, a fourth year medical student, she probably ran off with another guy. And the detective said, "Yeah, she probably ran off with another guy." <laughs> Look, got a really good, and obviously, I mean, she's dead, and he's been convicted. He right. was involved in another three murders. But, you know, we've got to look at that box again with different eyes and see what they didn't want to see at the beginning. And I absolutely believe in that. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if that were the case. There you go. Not at all. There you go. Rudy believes it. You have that many victims. Yes. You've got a lot to work with. I mean, with the Durst case, we had one wife, one victim, and they weren't even sure if she was dead in New York or Westchester. I believe that she was dead in uh in, in Westchester, killed in Westchester. But in any event, look, it, it look, every, that hammer's got to come down. If people are not allowing for criminals to be arrested and more victims are dying, shame on them, and they've got to pay the price. Well said. Finally, this is an amazing conversation. I love you, Jenny. Yep. Finally, yep. Joe Biden, is he? We're getting close. We're right there. We need those bank records. We don't got them. We don't got them. All we gonna, are we going to get this guy or not? No, you know why? Joe Biden owns the Department of Justice. If Merrick Garland is going to cover for that dirtbag Hunter Biden, you can be damn sure he's <laughs> going to cover for Joe Biden. I mean, I mean, this is this is nothing new. I, I'm going to ask you one question. Okay. If the Bidens brought in seventeen million dollars, seventeen million dollars in what five years? Yeah. And they don't have a business. Why? Did foreign entities give them $17 million if they have no business, no company, no newspaper, no nothing? It's just as at 1023, which FBI Director Christopher Wray said didn't exist, and then all of a sudden they found it. And then we find out that, indeed, there is a uh, an individual, Losevsky, uh, 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 who said he was he had to pay $5 million to Hunter and that Hunter was so dumb, his dog was smarter than Hunter. <laughs> they had a charisma. He's, I mean, they, they, we've got all of this information. Yeah. We've got a corrupt family. You know, I used to, I used to rant about the uh, Bidens and the pig tr- about the Clintons and the pig trough. These people top everybody. I agree. I've never seen anything like yes. this in my life. They're worse than the Clintons. And by the way, I think seventeen is a very conservative figure. I think they probably got more like forty or fifty million. But in the end. Uh, in the end, do you think we can convince independents, I need more votes for my guy Trump, 
Okay? I know the Democrats are not going to vote for him. I know his base, me and you, we're going to vote for him. Can we convince independents that the Bidens not are, in fact, no? Did. Not if the mainstream media won't cover this. Yeah. What they do, even in front of us, we have the hearings with those two whistleblowers who had nothing to gain and everything to lose, who went out a supervisory IRS agent for, what, 30 years, and another guy, uh, another high-level IRS agent saying that the, the fix was in. I mean, and we if you think that at this point that the left and the mainstream media is going to admit to anything, they're absolutely not. It's not going to happen. And nobody's going to hear about it. They're not going to hear about it. And they're going to say, oh, those Republicans, they're just going after Hunter because he's a drug addict. You know what? And don't get me started on the cocaine in the White House. They can figure out the the uh, serial murderer in a case from 10, 15, 20 years ago <laughs> from a piece of pizza. Yeah. And they can't find out in the most secure home in the world who left cocaine there two days ago. I mean, give me a break. This is disgusting. The corruption is frightening. It is frightening. And with that, folks, have a great weekend. (laughs) Yeah, go do my show. Oh, listen, you are so good. It was, it was, it was great having you, Janine. You never disappoint. I'll be watching with five o'clock. Crimes Against America. And you that can is read a, all about it. That is a great book, Crimes Against... You know, I was talking to your friend Sergio Gore last night. This guy travels yeah. more than Trump. He's in Israel. He's in Spain. What a life yeah. he's got. Yeah, he's unbelievable. There isn't anything uh, that would stop him from getting to an airport. I right? know. <laughs> well, the book is great, and you're great. I'll watch it at 5 o'clock. Love I love you. you. Thank you. See you later. All right. Janine Pirro, folks. That is as good as a radio segment as you'll ever hear. What the, everybody today, everybody today, Curtis Sliwa, Rudy Giuliani, John Katsimatidis, George V, Janine Pirro, my God, a list of MVPs, and we're not done, fourth and final hour, final hour of the week, right here on Sitting Friends in the Morning, but now the late, great Tony Bennett died this morning, sadly at the age of 96, Tony Bennett, rest in peace. High on a hill It calls to me To be where little cable cars Climb halfway to the stars The morning fog made to the air. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. For dinner at eight. I'm starving. She loves the theater, but she never comes late. I never bother with people that I hate. That's why this chick is a tramp. <laughs> she doesn't like crap games with barons and earls. <laughs> 
It's a nice duet. Tony Bennett died this morning, sadly, at the age of 96. And this is uh, Lady Gaga, right? Indeed. Lady Gaga's a talented person, man. She was in that American Horror Show, whatever. I used to watch that. I stopped watching years ago, but she was excellent. And then, of course, in A Star is Born, she was outrageous. You know what's good in that movie, too? Dice. He was up for an Academy Award, I think. And he was my partner in Gravesend. And talking about Gravesend, my man, Peter Gordio, will join us momentarily, along with not one, but two-time Academy Award winner. Winner. You hear that? Say it. Say it, Justin. Winner. No, no, no. I don't like the way you said it. Oh. Uh, Say it like uh, Charlie Sheen would have said it. Okay. Winner. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, two-time Academy Award winner. <laughs> so different. Nick yes, Valalanga is coming in here, so. Yeah, I, like <laughs> yeah. I like that. You like that movie, Green Book? That was a great movie. Remember Viggo Mortensen? And you know what was good in that, too? Sebastian Maniscalco. He was very good in that. You don't remember it? Was that the movie they're fighting on the, uh, oh, no, I'm thinking of another Viggo movie. Well, he's a driver. Okay. No, I I know there's a lot of Viggo Mortensen. Well, I remember one he did with, um, I loved it. It was Maria Bello. She didn't shave for that movie. Is that the make it uh, on the stairs. History of Violence? Yes. Yeah. That was a good movie. That was incredible. Viggo movie. was great in that. Yeah, yeah that was. Yeah. It's a, awesome. It just go, moves along, and yeah. uh, it's all of a sudden you're in a crazy movie. So they'll join us next. So, yeah. so I'm trying to bring my mother on this week. So I call my mom, because people still say to me, Sid, you're the best. Your show's the best. I never knew how good you were. My God, ba ba ba. Some apologize, you know. But my favorite is still Naomi. Okay, great. So I call my mom. First, I text her, and I go, Ma, you got to come on tomorrow at eight ten. And she says, I can't. And my mother never says I can't. Coming on this show for her is like President Trump showing up at a rally, and she gets the same amount of communication afterwards. She loves it. So my mom has a terrible case of vertigo. Terrible. And oftentimes, she has to go right to the hospital. So she's up there in, in uh, Kanyanga Lake, New York, Kanyanga slash White Lake. And there's only one hospital there, really. It's Harris, Harris Hospital, which is a, a, just a terrible, jeez. My father was, you know. But she's in the hospital right now, so she can't join us. But I just thought about it. You know why, Justin and Lewis? Tony Bennett passed away at the age of 96. And if I said to my mother, Tony Bennett, Ma, died this morning, he was 96, you know what she would say? Such a young man. I go, Ma, he was 96. Everybody who dies. It's a Jewish thing. Every Jewish mother says this. Everybody. Ma, was 90. Such a young man. Oh, too young at like too young. Oh, too young. I come I was ninety six. So what? I wonder what the number is where it's okay. To I don't die, know. I don't know. It's okay to die. Now, obviously, ninety six is a stretch. But I have to tell you, I told my mom he died at eighty five. Oh, such a young man. Oh, what are you talking about? What age is not a young man? Daddy was eighty eight, and he was great. He was about eighty six. No, I shouldn't even say that. My father had some really horrid medical issues. We thought he died. Years ago, when I was still down in Miami, I got to the hospital in Westchester. My mom's on her knees saying, oh, my God, Daddy's dead. So he had some issues for a while. But, uh, yeah, what age is it where, where people go, yeah, live a good, good life? Mm, I'll take that number. Yeah, 
George Burns, he died, he was over 100, right? Hugh Hefner, was he about 100? I think you, so. I don't know. Was no, what do you know about uh, o- old people that died? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny you said that. My mother would have said the same thing. She, right? she would have said, what a tragedy. Right. Meanwhile, the guy's 96, 96. years old. 96. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's a Jewish thing. Trust me. It is. Jewish mothers. Yeah. No, You're right with that. It's either no. what a tragedy or he was too young. <laughs> right. 96. Well, who, you want to go to 96? Not me. No. Well, Tony Bennett no. forgot everything. Right. He he had he had Alzheimer's and uh, dementia. Right. Well, I don't want to be that. Look at the way you have to end your life. Old, old oh, people, I got to tell you, I'm not even that. I'm not even 57. And you have pain everywhere. Right. I know. You see me limping every morning. My groin. I mean, I look great. And when I'm naked, I look great. I'm being honest. I look great. I am in pain every day. I'm miserable. It, I said to Danielle, well, you don't go to the doctor. I go, Danielle, I just made an appointment at hospital for special surgery. You don't go. You don't t- you don't roll out, you don't stretch. She's right about all this, but I never did before. All of a sudden, I turn fifty six. Everything falls apart. Thank God I can still see, and my penis still works. That's well, all you want. We want those two things. Right. Otherwise, <laughs> what a mess. Yeah. You have any of this? No, my mom doesn't do anything like I do. He's not. You don't work out, do you? I do. I don't. Maybe I don't look like. No, I you do. don't look at all like you. <laughs> Yeah. What are you doing? Like, what, what, I'm curious. What is uh, your workout? You know, I was playing tennis yesterday with my uh, one of my teenage kids. Are you a good tennis player? I'm a pretty decent tennis player. I w- beat him. Would you him, say actually, like a three so. zero? Or, or I mean, what would you say your rating is? If, uh, uh, you don't I don't know. know, but I but I you know I I can keep up with somebody who's well, listen, 18 years old. I can. See, you're not fat, no. and you're, you're in, I mean you're in good shape. I can, but I have the same issue. I played with him for about two and a half hours. Yeah, and both of my. <laughs> Both of my hips are hurting. Today. No, you're being serious? I am. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. And I play basketball with Gabriel, and I swear I paid for it for two weeks. So Gabe says to me Monday, he goes, Daddy, you promised me to come play ball again. I go, the last time I played ball was April. I'm still not walking well. <laughs> right. Gabe, oh, no. what do you want me to do? <laughs> you right. want Daddy to be around to pay the bills? Yeah, I'm going to die. Yeah, it takes forever. Yeah. yeah, yeah you have it takes months. To recover. I used to play eight. I would go to Marine Park, 9 o'clock in the morning, and i played till 7 at night. Yeah. Fine. Even just five years ago. I can't do it. I don't know what the hell happened. Well, you can't do it plus work the hours, too. Well, that's, yeah, and get up at 3.30 in the morning. But, that but you got to understand, Tony Bennett had 40 years on me. Yeah. Could you imagine where I'm going to – I'm not going to be alive, but in 40 years? I could barely get up the stairs now. I'm 56. <laughs> 40 he, more years. And he looked good. I mean, he did look pretty good, close yeah. to the end, he looked great. He had nice hair, and he yeah. still he's tan. He looked yeah. good, right? And he could sing still. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of guys don't look so, like I'm really worried. Like you just pointed out, that I'm not going to look good in my in my uh, coffin. <laughs> so, well, yes. they make you look. Yeah. Good. No, I, I need. To, I, mean, I mean, I have to make sure. I'm like, I'm going to reach out to Anthony at the garage and Joseph Abood. Right. I got to be really well dressed, <laughs> well, well, and I want my wife to take me to the tanning salon after I die. <laughs> what? You you better make sure everybody's around to do all these things for you. <laughs> no, no, they'll be, they'll be around. Right. Do, you, do, do you think that's weird if, if my wife took me to the tanning salon? Is already dead? It'd be a little strange. You yeah. think so? Yeah. No. What are they, they going to say? Oh, it's about time you play. <laughs> I got news for you. And when I die, she's got to take me to get a, a, a pedicure. Yeah, right. God, she's going to want to go first now, I think. I got to tell you. Now that she knows what she's got ahead of her. He was such a young Man, ninety-six. <laughs> Look how good he looks. Oh. I want to jump it. in the coffin with him. He looks so good. Oh. <laughs> you know what song I like? I think it was this. I go, Oh, the good life. Was that him? That's yeah, probably. Is that Tony Bennett singing out some? I think that's Sinatra. No, 
I don't know. You know, it, like Tony just now was singing The Ladies of Tramp, which is a Frank song. Yeah. Tony did a lot of Sinatra songs, not the other way around. Yeah. So I don't know. But I think The Good Life was uh, was Bennett, I think. Maybe. He, he was like the king of standards, though. Boy, he yes. sing. Yes. Oh, he was great. You know, and, and, and I say this all the time, Norman Lewis. I, it is him, by the way. I, I the, see it that is he does it. Yeah, play, we'll, play me we'll, something out of the way out well, here. We'll, we'll, we'll find it. I'm going to go to break okay. here, but I'm doing this, and I say this all the time. I'm doing the same exact thing my father did, my grandfather did, which annoyed the hell out of me. And that is, every time somebody dies, I have to say right afterwards, all the good ones are gone. Oh, come on, you're doing that already? I'm doing it already. Oh. I swear to God. <laughs> and I go, Grandpa, what about, like, Ron Hodges? <laughs> right. And he's like, Mickey Mantle died. I go, Grandpa, what about Willie Montanez? <laughs> <laughs> So I'm doing the same crap. All the good ones are going. They're gone. Tony Bennett. These kids today have no idea. They have no idea. They think a guy with gold teeth who grabs his crotch 15 times and sings somebody else's song is a star. <laughs> My God. What is going on in this country? You sing about small town values. Small town values. You're not going to spit in a cop's face in my town. And a white person calls that racist. Joy Behar. What is going on? So with that said, we lost a major, major piece of Americana this morning with the passing of Tony Bennett. Tony, rest in peace. Oh, the good life. Full of fun seems to be the ideal. Mm, the good life lets you hide all the sadness you feel. You won't really fall in love. For you can't take the chance So please be honest With yourself Don't try to fake romance It's the good life To be free And explore the unknown Like the heartaches When you learn You must face them alone Please remember I still want you And in case you wonder Wake up, kiss the good life goodbye. Sit in friends in the morning, seventy seven WABC. 
By the way, great cast. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Right? Amazing. Oh, let's talk about some of the people. Fran Arma Drescher. Fran Drescher. Drescher. Armand Asante. Chaz Palminteri. Brilliant. He just keeps going. Leo Rossi. We had so many great I got to mention Sid yeah. Rosenberg from WABC Oh, Sid Radio. is the best. Yeah. He'll kill Sid himself Rosenberg. if I don't say anything. And Sid Rosenberg. I'm always on his show. I love Sid. Two greats, Rosanna Scotto. Thank you. Took her to mention me instead of Woody DeMeo and Mario Cantone, but that's fine. Thank you for that. Gravesend. And, of course, once again, Tony Bennett. We found out passed away this morning, as my mother would say, at the young age of 96. You're going to miss Tony Bennett. Talking about Gravesend. I'm staring at a guy, I think Eminem peanut on my face or something. I'm staring at a guy who's one of the big stars and uh, the best person. I mean that. A lot of really good people, but this guy's the best. And him and I have become dear friends over the years. He plays Rocco, and I don't want to give anything away, but he kills somebody in the very first scene of season two. Right away. Right away. Right in front of the Gravesend Cemetery. And he's a very talented Peter Gordio. Good, Good morning, morning, Sid. It's an honor to be here. Honor to and have thank you. you for having me. Of course. And sitting next to him, you talk about an all-time great. This guy's not one but two Academy Awards, the great movie Green Book, and many other works along the way. And that is uh, Nick Vallelonga. I said that correctly. And let me start right here uh, by saying that last summer we put on a um, – it was a demonstration more than a charity softball game. We wanted to see how it would feel, what it would look like. Peter showed up, our friend Chris Mamondo, who's great, showed up, and uh, Nunzi and others from my son Gabriel at the Staten Island Park that John Katzmatidi zones. And uh, Nick, you showed up with your brother, yes. uh, Frank. And uh, we lost your brother uh, a couple of months ago. So let me start right off the bat by uh, sending our condolences oh, thank you. to your family. Sorry. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, anything with that is in... Anything new, anything? I know you don't want to talk about it too much, obviously. Uh, I mean, I, we can talk about it. I mean, it was a horrible tragedy. And, uh, again, part of the, uh, without getting too political, this is the, this is the supposed to be the entertainment section yeah. of the show, yeah. right? No, that's okay. No, uh, so, you know, he, he died in some tragic circumstances. And the, the city, the police, the, the DA, you know, there's, there's, there's this no bail thing and release and the people that they could, sort of caught that were responsible never showed up for their uh, arraignment. They never showed up. So they, you know, they caught people and they have evidence on people, you know, that were involved. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I got to say the detectives and the the district attorney working very hard to try to resolve that and okay. find, find the people responsible. But it's part of that crazy um you know, criminals should be put in jail. You, you know what I mean? They find someone, they just let yes. them out. That's crazy. But uh, without getting, like I said, too political about it, but it's still under sort of an investigation. They're working on getting. Okay. The, uh, and your brother Frank did a lot of work with you in the in the in the industry. He was yeah. in your movies. He was in Green Book. Yeah, he was in Green Book. Uh, a lot of people remember him from that. He's get recognized more than than, yeah. than me. We'd go yeah. somewhere. People go, oh, Green Book, Green Book. Can I have an autograph? And I go, yeah. And then they go to him. They go to <laughs> and the other guy, the one Academy yeah, Awards, right? Could care less about me, right? But, uh, yeah, my brother was a great character. He and, was. A, uh, he was a great guy. Yes. Uh, uh, yes. Big loss, but um, he lived a good life, and he was a great person. And and so, uh, you know, things happen. But, but you're right, uh, though. The, the bail reform, even in this case, right, like you said, we're talking about entertainment and movies. 
and even in this case, bail reform has come back to haunt a, a, a good citizen. I want to get back to you in a second, but uh, Peter, I kind of joked around with you. I wasn't kidding that you murdered somebody in the very first scene. You shoot him. Uh, your your character Rocco is a tough guy. Somebody, oh, it's Willie, who said to me, of all the characters in Gravesend, the three guys I never want to walk down a dark alley with are Peter Gordio, Steve Moderano, and Sid Rosenberg. Uh, you being at the very top of the list. Uh, we saw season one, good start. Season two, it, left, it, it took a, a million-mile leap with all the great actors and actresses that we added along the way. And going back to that red carpet premiere a couple of weeks ago, how cool was it to watch season two and, and see the product that we all, especially Woody, worked so hard on for almost two and a half years? Oh, I loved it, Sid. You know, like and I told you the last time that was here, season one, because of COVID, we weren't able to have a premiere. You know, so this time around with season two, with the elevated level that we have, you know, just the premiere and being with everyone and Mr. Valalanga, and it was just amazing, Sid. It was. You know, and from my career starting out 30 years ago into where it is today, you know, it's a dream come true. Yeah, and your daughter was there that oh, night. Oh, yeah, thank you. She's what an adorable kid. Thank you. And she's a college student uh, right. uh, around my daughter's age, around right, Ava's right. age. But beautiful and smart, and, and uh, I loved her. That. It was great to meet her. Thank you. Yeah, she's well-behaved. She's a good kid. She is. She's got a great head on her shoulders. Yeah. She has a great mom, you know, and, yeah. you know, and she such knows a nice that her father's always Peter's there. such a nice guy. Yeah. yeah. What a sweetheart like, of it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> People, they go, that guy, Gordio, looks like he'll kill you in the streets. I go, let me tell you something. <laughs> He's the nicest, yes. sweetest. He'll kill you in the streets if he has to. I haven't seen that part of him yet. <laughs> But I could just imagine, but the nicest, sweetest guy and a great actor. You were great in that Thank show. Thank you, pal. It's one of those, I'm not a gangster, hello. but I play one on TV. Right, That's exactly. Right. But I want to say hello to from the Howard Stern show, Marianne from Brooklyn. Oh, she loves oh, you. Oh, she loves the show. Is she listening show. right now? She loves you. Excuse me? She's listening right now. I'm sure she yeah. is. Well, what, I, what happens is Howard takes the whole summer off. Right. So uh, in the fall when he comes back... He's got her Monday through Wednesday. Right. I get her Thursday and Friday. But during the summer when he's away, I get Mary in five days. She called in last week, actually. Yeah, I know she did. She's yeah. fabulous. We oh, love I love her. her. She's a real Brooklyn person. She should have been Brooklyn Borough president. Now, getting back to you, uh, two Academy Awards, screenplay and best movie for Green Book. I think that movie's about five years old now, right? Yeah, it came out uh, Thanksgiving to 18, and the award ceremony was uh, we ended up the, that award season was 219. 219. That was in Los Angeles that night? Yes. All right, oh, yeah. so tell me, you're sitting in the audience. You've got a pretty good idea. I remember that night. And in fact, I predicted you were going to win. I didn't know you. But I knew that movie was going to do very, very well. You're sitting in the audience amongst all these unbelievable actors, writers, directors, producers, and they say your name, Academy Award. Did it feel like 100 years from your seat to that stage? Well, two seconds. It was a, it was, I gotta say, it was a surreal, uh, experience. You know, you watch that thing on TV growing up, or, and everyone does, whether you're in the film business or not, you know, everyone kind of used thinks, to. Used to. Yeah. Right. right. Used to, because right. it was a big, glamorous night. Right. And so many people were good people back then. Right. Now you're horrible people. <laughs> not you. <laughs> yes. I'm getting there, though. I don't know. Uh, more, you know, guilt by association, yeah. I guess. But, uh, so it was almost like watching it on television in an odd way until, you know, when the name is called. And, again, to, to be there was, it sounds cliche, but, like, uh, you know, the award was getting it made and, and all of that. And there was a lot of controversy about that movie, and that's a whole other show we yeah, could do. Yeah, I remember that. So there was a lot going on that night, um, and there was a lot of anti-Green Book people. But yes, I remember that. 
But uh, the Academy voted, and uh, it was uh, sensational. And so it, it was it was an odd thing. And we won two. You know, or right. at least I won two. Screenplay we, we, we won and the movie. Mahershala yeah. Ali, of course, won. We were nominated for five that oh, night. Ali won that night for Best he, Supporting he Actor? won Best Supporting Actor. Right. I'm prejudiced. I thought Vigo should have won for so best, best actor. He should have. He, he was great. He did a complete transformation, becoming my father, gained 45 pounds, that, that whole thing. And he's a great-looking guy. Um, huh? I mean, guy. Rami Malek won, who's exceptionally great. I loved the Bohemian Rhapsody and, and his performance. Sucked. But, uh, sucked. The movie sucked. But, uh, the Vigo. movie, the movie's about Freddie Mercury and Queen. They don't show any gay sex, barely any cocaine. All of a sudden, Freddie Mercury became like Mother Teresa. The movie was terrible. I'm sorry. You get, give me something, make it real. Uh, and not even defending you, but you, you know, but you should have won for that. And you did a great job with Sebastian Maniscalco. He was great in that movie. Yes, Sebastian yeah. at that time was just really starting to get a little known. And, um, I was a big fan of his, and so we brought him in. And uh, he was great. He was very believable. Yeah, very. So, how has uh, the award changed your life? Has it? Uh, you know, obviously, it's changed my life as far as publicity wise and uh, getting out there some other work. But it it almost makes it harder. I mean, you know, you uh, uh, I used to do a lot of crappy little indie movies and. Can't do that. I, I can't now. do that anymore. Right, so, no, right. Now so, there's a standard because you're an Academy Award yes, guy. But I don't right? know how long. But I'm not really a studio. Hollywood guy. I've, yeah. I've always been an independent film, filmmaker. Well, well, a lot of crappy said, independent films, but I, I always aspired to make some good ones. So, right, but the independent films, where we are now, with the writers on strike, yes. and now the actors on strike, yes. and I spoke to Chaz Palminteri about this, and I heard uh, our friend Fran Drescher and Gravesend talk about this, but I'm still not 100% sure. You're an indie film guy. You can still work. Yeah, I have a, a film now that I started in the fall that uh, half... The, the, the second part of the funding dropped out right before we were going to film. It's called That's Amore, a romantic comedy musical oh. with John Travolta, Catherine Heigl. Wow. Christopher Walken, Chaz Palminteri. Get out of here. Um, what a cast. Uh, Andre DiMatteo from The Sopranos. Uh, it's a great cast. Pete Gordio. You probably know. <laughs> now I'm stuck with you. i got to put you in. i got to find yeah. something Well, listen, first of all, let me just say this. If you think <laughs> that I invited you in here to get a role in your movie, I want you to know that's incredibly shallow, but very true. Absolutely. That's, that's what <laughs> no, he told me. No, I'm kidding. Because you can't walk out without making him an offer for I don't even know role. about it. What a cast. But anyway, it's a, it's a great cast, and um, uh, uh, it, it got... It got postponed because money dropped out, which was a shame. But now I'm, I'm putting it back together. So it looks like if you're an independent uh, production and you're not associated with or affiliated with any a studio or a streamer, that SAG will give you a waiver um, that basically says that whatever they negotiate down the line is what you will go by. So right. if things work out and I can get a waiver, but otherwise, outside of that, you don't want to go against the union and, and, and the, the actors, because right, we, sure. you know, we got to be uh, together on this stuff. But I'm WGA also, but that part of it I've already covered because I wrote the script. Yeah. But as far as the SAG actors go, you know, we want to get something resolved, they, they, and um, hopefully they'll do it soon. What about you, Pete? You're a SAG actor. Yes. Uh, so you can you take on any job you want, or is there is there an issue with that? Well, there's no auditions. There's no, no auditions. Right. Right. So the, no, you can't take on any job. You no, want. you no. can't. No, 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 no. You, you can't, can't do it unless there's something that if they give a waiver to someone right. of production where where uh, it's outside of the studio system or the yeah. streaming system, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they'll allow you to do it. What do you think? Uh, you know, Chaz was saying that AI, for example, 
become a really dangerous thing that they can replace actors and, and po- politicians have to say artificial intelligence has really become a very scary thing. Uh, do you think it's exaggerated, Nick? Do you think it's for real? Well, it definitely has to be addressed. I mean, I don't know if, if, it, if intelligence is the right word, artificial <laughs> intelligence. <laughs> I don't know how much intelligence is yeah. involved in it. But, yeah. uh, you know, they want to do things with actors like, you know, a lot of, a lot of actors, and I did coming up uh, for years and years and years, did extra work. You know, you do background work, and, and a lot of actors just make their living doing that, you know. Yeah. And they want to be able to take your image if you do something one day in a movie and then take it and put it in another crowd scene or something and not pay you more. So there's things like that that could happen. They could take take actors, your voices, they could re- recreate those. So that gets rid of voiceover work or ADR work. It's sort of a domino effect of things that could happen. So they need to address it now before it gets really out of control. That's fair. So, so are you still – I'll just go back to the movie you said after COVID, the funding drop – are you still looking for potential uh, uh, investors for what, this you got a couple dollars on you? Well, I mean, I know some people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, independent I mean, filmmakers are always looking for investors. So uh, that, that's, that's always the case. But, yeah, I'm an indie filmmaker. So I have okay. that, that film and several others hopefully lined up okay. once all these uh, issues are resolved. Well, I know Bo Deedle is listening, and all of his friends have a lot of money. Yeah, Bo's a great, <laughs> Bo's a great guy. Bo was a great Good guy. friend of my father's, too. Is that right? He's a great actor, too, Mike. Yeah, he's a great excellent. actor. Yeah. Great. Marianne from Brooklyn happens to be listening. Nicely done, Peter. She said, Peter is fabulous in Gravesend, which you are, Peter Gordio. Thank you. She's going to rewatch it. Great. Which I think every time you rewatch it, you have to pay again, which is, is uh, weird, but it is. But anyway. I think you got to buy the season. Is that what it is? You buy the season once and that's it? I think so. I bought okay. the season. Oh, you did? Yeah, I'm in it. So I figured I was going to help. Wait, help. you're in it? Oh, yeah, I'm in it also. Yeah, what what, uh, what, what I did episode? One, I did, a, like, a, a my character was introduced. It's either in the last episode or the second to last episode. I have a scene with Chaz. Second to last. As a new character. He's an eight, right? He's an eight. Because nine then, uh, is a July 4th thing. He's not there for that. So you're probably in episode eight. Yeah, it's yeah. Chaz and I. And yes. then it introduces my character for next season. Oh, and, cool. Uh, season three, we got some big guns. Even yeah. Nick. I like oh, great oh, actors in this in this oh, show. Oh, great, great. Willie uh, deserves a lot of credit. I agree. For I what agree. he did, what he Happy birthday to Willie. Right. I'm Yesterday was Willie's birthday. Yeah, how about that? Happy birthday, Willie. Happy birthday. Well, it's great to see both of you. I have a tremendous amount of respect and love for both of you. Okay. Uh, two-time uh, Academy Award winner Nick Vallelonga and, of course, my dear friend, Peter Gordio, thank you both for coming in this morning. We'll do it again very, very soon. And uh, Peter brought in a bunch of 8x10s. These are beautiful. Do you sign the one of you? I will. Sign the one of you, and then he's got one of me, Willie, and Vic at uh, Anthony's Place, the garage. I love that picture. And then one of me, my son, Gabriel, Bo Deedle, and Chuck Zito. Oh, now that's, that, a, that's a crew right there. Oh, look, at <laughs> look at that lineup. We'll come back. Uh, it looks like Phil Murphy is going to sue Kathy Hogel, I think, on this whole congestion pricing thing, big fight between New Jersey and New York. Nothing new. They've been fighting about this for a couple of months. They say they like each other, but dot, dot, dot. And usually when you get a but, dot, 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 the next thing is a matrimonial attorney. That's how it works. We'll be right back. Thank you. Thank you. Another love before my time made your heart sad and blue. And so my heart is paying now for things I didn't do. In anger, unkind words are said that make the teardrops start. 
can't I free your doubtful mind and melt your cold, cold heart? Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. I know I'd go from rags to oh, another great song. God rest his soul. Tony Bennett passed away this morning at the age of 96. Today we celebrate one of the greatest cooner singers of all time. I loved him. Tony Bennett. Rest in peace. 96. So right in front of me is a box. Read Sweetamine, all natural, anti-inflammatory, sweetener, sugar-free, gluten-free, vegan-friendly. And I uh, tell you guys every day, you just heard the commercial moments ago, that in my coffee every morning I use this because uh, unlike Splenda or Equal or uh, uh, Truvio, I don't know what that stuff is, this stuff actually works on your joints, on your chronic pain. I lift a lot of weight for a very, very long time. I've got all kinds of issues. Uh, My elbow's inflamed all the time. So, long story short, I replaced all that stuff with Sweetamine in my coffee every morning, and I absolutely feel the difference. Joe Brind is a, uh, a professor at Baruch, and he created this product. Joel, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Nice to have you here. So you created this uh, this product, and I'm here to tell you it's only one guy, very anecdotal. It works for me, but my question is, if it works for me, why wouldn't it work for everybody? Correct. Why wouldn't it work for everybody? Right. And it, it, it pretty much does. You don't always feel it because inflammation is a, is a problem most people have even if they don't feel it. It's behind uh, diabetes and arthritis and heart disease and cancer and a whole, whole host of other diseases are now understood to be due to chronic inflammation. And what I've discovered and what this product embodies is the secret ingredient, which is not really a secret, shouldn't be a secret, which is the amino acid called glycine. Right. And it's often been thought to be non-essential. And if you think something's non-essential, you don't give it any But why was attention. that the case? Why was it? How did it all of a sudden become so essential? Well, because it has different roles in the body. It's non-essential as a building block of protein. Your body can make all it needs. Mm-hmm. But your immune system needs a lot of it in the blood to bathe all the cells in the blood to keep them from overreacting to things. So inflammation, the only purpose really of inflammation is to fight an infection. And usually we're used to getting inflammation from sunburn, from blunt injury, from all kinds of things that have nothing to do with infection. And inflammation is really your immune system's first responders shooting sure. up the place. So when I, when, I, when I lift a bunch of weight today and I'm crawling 80-pound dumbbells and I go home and my elbow is a bit inflamed and it hurts, that's not an infection. Right. So why exactly is there inflammation? Right. right. Your, your immune system thinks that there's an infection because it's deficient in glycine which is like a trigger lock on these first responder cells that cause inflammation so that they don't do it inappropriately. How did you, what, what, what uh, class do you uh, teach at Baruch? What's well, it? I actually emeritus. I actually retired in 2020. Oh, you did? Okay. So from, what did you that, teach? I taught biology, human oh, biology, and endocrinology. So there you go. So you've been studying the body for many, many years. Yes. You're clearly exceptionally bright, clearly. Uh, how long have you been looking into this glycine issue? How long before you actually created this wonderful product? I was looking into the glycine. I, I came across glycine in my studies on nutritional biochemistry in 2007. So it took you took me about 15 years? No, I started selling it four years later. Oh, I've been you selling did? sweet amine for over 10 years. You have been? So where's yes. it been? 
Well, it takes a while to, you know, build up a business. Well, when was it available originally? Just online? Just online. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And now, do you feel like more people? I mean, you're here with me. That's a big deal. Oh, yes, it is a big deal. No, but do you feel like more people are aware of what this product, besides tasting good, because I love sugar, mm-hmm. what this product actually does? More people, yes, but it's it's amazing how people don't, because there are so many things in uh, medical science that are known and yet not known. There right. are publications all over the place. There are thousands and thousands of medical journals. But unless it finally gets on, into the on the radar screen, onto yeah. the radar yeah. screen of the medical journals, the, the top medical journals and medical societies yeah. and granting agencies and the government. It takes a long time. You at really least, sell it in gyms. Gyms sell espresso shots. At People, least they, yeah, at least they know it's inflammation. Right. They know it's inflammation and it's not, like you said, infection. Right. I mean, I know well, in the past I would take Advil. Okay. Is that right. right? Yes. And then I was told if you take Advil too much, it's bad for your stomach. Right. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could, I, I have three or four of these packets every day. And there's no side effects like that, right? No. No side effects? No. Now, why is that? Because glycine is actually a natural nutrient, a natural amino acid. Your body has tons of it, lots of it in your blood all the time, naturally, just not enough. Just not enough. Your body makes, as you have said in these these spots that you do Two to three a day. Two to three uh, grams per day is about all your body makes, you but need you need about ten. Eight, about ten. So you, this adds the other eight that most diets are missing. That's unbelievable that that all these years that you came and figured out how important glycine was, and that with these sweetener packets you're able to add all that glycine to give your body exactly what it needs. Right. I mean, I give you a ton of credit. It just seems unreal that it took this long. Well, a lot of science boils down to what is most simple. You know, lots yes. of lots of times scientists will tell you that something is complex. That's a tell that means they don't know what they're talking about usually. Science is supposed to be simple. And when you when you distill things down into what is actually a simple explanation that actually accounts for what you observe, yeah. that's usually a sign that you're on the right track. So you're gonna take this product, Joel. Right. And I'm gonna join you here. We're gonna be partners now. I'm not going to give any money, but partners. And you're going to sell this, I don't know, to Sweet and Low or Splendor or somebody so they can have sweeteners that actually cure the body and provide glycine. We're going to take $100 million apiece and go to the Bahamas. In? Uh, sure. <laughs> we might we might go other places besides the Bahamas, too. Maybe not the Bahamas. Well, congratulations. It really is a great product. I really do take it. And I have found there is a difference. So thank you very much for joining me today. You're a very sweet guy, very bright guy. And this is a great product. Congratulations. Absolutely. My honor, my pleasure. Mine great too. To meet. Joel Brin right there, folks. And trust me, if you're a guy like me and you work out or whatever it is, you're experiencing any, any difficulties with inflammation, chronic pain, trust me, your coffee every morning, your tea at night, sweet amine, folks, that sweet amine, you're going to feel and see the difference. Thanks, guys. I guess we're done until uh, Monday morning. So for my whole crew, Lou Rapino, Justin Ellick, Noam Layden, our tremendous guest today. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law. 
www.gabolaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.